Valverde. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 233. Man, we got a good one for you. We are psyched to drop the fantasy football knowledge on your domes. In this show, we are going to be talking leagues galore. All types of leagues. Leagues out the wazoo. We do fantasy football, and there's so many different ways that you can play it. There's more and more awesome concepts and ideas being brought into the fray on a yearly basis and as usual I've got across the way from me Mr. Stag Party, our new order with the right is Houdini sitting here, I'm D-Rex, we are Pyromaniac.com and you've got a bunch of guys here from Pyromaniac that have been doing fantasy football for probably a combined almost 45, 50-ish years And uh, Houdini has been doing the craziest leagues of all for probably the most than anybody else I know. So it'll be fun to hear your uh, insight on on some of the leagues. And uh, we've got a bunch of different styles. So uh, what's going on, boys? I mean, we keep talking about it. You guys have been playing fantasy football as long as I've been alive. (laughs) What what is your birthday again? 88. Uh, Yeah, I've been doing fantasy football since 88. And it's funny. I want the funniest thing that story. That's amazing. I love that. My first year was 91. So 91. I was at my buddy Stephen Moltz's son's one-year-old birthday. And his grandma, my buddy's mom. And that's the first draft we ever had was in Steve Moltz's basement. And I remember I've said before how they had all these cats and they had all this cat kitty litter around. And it was so funny. Mrs. Moltz on Saturday when we were there brought up saying, you were always so allergic to cats. You hated my cats. And she's like, and I was was just friggin' hilarious. And she brought up the fact that we were always over there messing around in her house. Good stuff. Uh, But yeah, fantasy football's been a big part of my life. I'm old and uh, it has brought me much joy and enough joy to eight years ago or so start this friggin' website and um, my passion has carried over into the site and the same goes for Houdini, same goes for Dogmatica and all he's done and uh, same goes for Stag Party and the other guys we have in the mix. Well, there's an exciting thing we're doing right now and that is the Scott Fishbowl. It's the SFB 480 Stag Party. Give our uh, listeners a little background on that and we got something exciting uh, to do while we're on the show. Yeah, I mean, 
So the Scott Fishbowl is basically the world's largest fantasy football league. There is 480 teams uh, in this. What it is is 12 divisions, or 40 divisions of 12 teams. <laughs> okay, just go, we'll start again, but let's go. Instead, uh, instead. That, that was a good. You were, you were doing it really well. You're gonna be. You're gonna be. You're gonna have this, this part's gonna be down. <laughs> I love this place. Other than that, in this show. Okay. Instead, tell our audience about the uh, SFB 480. Well, the Scott Fishbowl is something that uh, Scott Fish put together. It is basically the world's largest fantasy football league. This season, it is 480 teams up from 360 last year, but it is 40 divisions of 12 teams. Um, so, you know, there's fans and analysts, and it's basically like eight analysts and four fans in every division. So you get all multitudes of strategies. And there's also different strategies because, you know, the scoring is a little bit different than, you know, typical standard leagues. It is, you know, a one quarterback, two running back, Three wide receivers, a tight end, no kicker, and no defense. But then you also start four flexes. And one of those flexes is a super flex, so you can play a quarterback there. And for those of you who are familiar with super flex, most people do because they score more points, blah, blah, blah. It's just sort of how it works. But then there's also sort of special scoring. Um, So passing is your pretty standard four-point passing touchdown, six rushing, um, and then one point per 25. Uh, also, there's no sort of negatives for, you know, fumbles, interceptions. But where it really gets interesting is rushing. So, 0.25 points per attempt. One per 10, you know, rushing yards. Uh, two points for two-point conversion. Six-point rushing TDs. And then this season, running backs and wide receivers are half-point PPR. While tight ends are a full-point premium uh, PPR, making it a little bit tight end premium. And you could start you know, wide receiver, t- running back, tight end at any of those three other flexes or four if you want to go balls to the wall because there's some people that are going to have to. This is really interesting because when, you're, when you add the aspect of uh, the points per carry, uh, it, it becomes really big for those running backs like Devonta Freeman, right? Because now he becomes at a, at a, at a better value because if he is going to be a 200 carry guy, and could be uh, a weapon as a receiver. So he's going to get the .25 for the carries. He's going to get the .5 for the catches. And as we discussed and maybe agreed to disagree last week as far as what he's going to do with his touchdowns, um, that becomes, you know, he, he it, the it's again, know the league, right? Because the rules are going to determine which players are the right ones to take at certain times. Well, I also think even another guy, you know, if, let's say Jamal Charles can stay healthy. A guy like him who's going to get plenty of targets and catches and get uh, plenty of carries uh, comes at, at a premium. We took with the eighth pick, uh, we're in the eighth slot in our league, the Kerry Washington League. Um, of the leading women conference. Yeah, of the leading women conference. We took Adrian Peterson, and one of the reasons why we felt really good about that, one, it was a running back, the three stud wide receivers were already gone, we were at the eighth pick, and Adrian Peterson, I think we all feel real comfortable, is going to be one of those real big carries. So he's going to get .25 times, let's say he has 320 carries, uh, and he can catch the ball as well. So 
Um, we're pr- I, I was super psyched with uh, he was still one of the guys in my tears. Well, what's even tears. better for him is like he's a guy that really gets elevated by that because he's not a guy who's who's a 60 70 catch yeah. running back, but he is a running back that has the ability to be a 300 to 330 carry back. So if he gets all of those and now you're getting a quarter of a point for every one of those touches, uh, wow, his his value goes up because you know he's also a touchdown demon. Yeah. Well, Scott Fish is a guy that listens to our podcast. We're big buddies and uh, friends and fans and uh, and we have camaraderie on Facebook. Twitter with him, so hats off to that fella uh, for putting this league together. I know he puts a lot into it, and uh, he's just a kind of a funny, kind of fantasy-minded dude. Yep. I, I like that guy a lot. So yeah. hats off to you. We, we, we're big fans, and, and, and also what he does is he runs satellite leagues uh, that are similar to Scott Fishbowl scoring. So if you want to get on the action, but you weren't in one of the 480 teams this year, you could join that. You can sign up for next year's 2017 Scott Fishbowl, try to get in that uh, as a fan. And then also he runs Toys for Tots uh, sort of drives. Uh, so those are leagues where you donate you know, $10 to get in and play in this league, but you know the money goes to Toys for Tots. That's cool. Well, thanks. Thanks for making me feel like I don't do anything <laughs> great, Scott. I was just giving you hats off. Now I'm jealous of you. Now you made me feel bad. Uh, <laughs> so what, what we also have to do yeah, now it's good is times. we're on the clock. So we'll sort of tell you a little bit about our team, how we went about constructing it so far. Love it. Um, what we've done is we started off with AP, as we said. And then, you know, coming back at 17, a guy who we didn't think would be there just fell into our laps in David Johnson. We had no intentions of going back-to-back running back. We were going to look, you know, pretty much up anywhere, probably wide receiver in the second round. But when, when DJ just falls into your lap, you know, that's a good thing. You know, this is, this, it's, it's such an interesting year for fantasy because now everything's churned right from where we always had been that standard for for the longest time it was always running backs in the 10 of the uh, if you're in a 12 team league 10 of the first 12 picks were running backs now you're at a point where some of the top picks and drafts are wide receivers and you're now seeing about six wide receivers go in the first round so it's about 50-50 and what's happening is it, it's kind of where you're getting the value but what's amazing is for for a team like like ours the way that you you guys have we've started constructing it is Having Peterson and David Johnson, you now are having two of the elite lead running backs, which then gives you that tier advantage over everybody else that has to pick underneath you. I agree. And the one thing that I think is important to say is that it's take the best player. Don't yeah. go in with a preconceived notion of what you want to do. Stat, I think all of us, we were all like, okay, we got our AP. Now we initially kind of thought maybe we'd go wide receiver, like Stag Party says. Now we need to get one of those wide receiver guys. Didn't do that. We look, and you, there's actually, it's kind of sweet, there's a couple sites out there done by like some geeky guys that are in the league where you can see the ADP for the Scott Fishbowl real time. So amongst all the leagues, some leagues are farther along than others because, you know, some leagues are like probably already drafted and done. And then there's other leagues that are like crawling along. And uh, there's some great memes out there right now with like the Beetlejuice number and the guy looking at the number. <laughs> there's another one with like uh, when, I'm, when you're in the Scott Fish Bowl and, and, and this is what it feels like and there's a turtle going by. And with we the saw writing like yeah, it's back. <laughs> I'm a dick. In the league, what I do is I'll, I'll Twitter the person. Be like, hey, so who are you gonna pick? Kind of 
passive aggressively, be like, "You're on the clock. Who's it, what, what's it gonna be?" And it's kind of effective. Uh, one one guy was like, "I'm I'm coming. I'm on the way from work. I'll do it in a minute." Uh, but in, in general, we go in there, be fluid, and in that ADP kind of. Uh, uh, website that we saw from that fan that real time kind of takes the ADPs of all these different leagues. David Johnson was going seven, wasn't his ADP seven or eight? So you're sitting there uh, in one of those. It was you're sitting there and you're seeing, wow, uh, that's that's super value. So tell him, keep going on what, where our next picks were, and then let's let's talk through and make a pick. Also, I mean, just in super flex leagues, you could see quarterbacks going that first round, and we did. You know, you see the top four guys all go in the first, you know, seventeen picks. And even if we were thinking of quarterback, there's not one of our guys in tier one left there. So we're just, you know, hey, not, not right now. Yep. But the thing that you have to worry about in these super flex leagues, especially with quarterback, it's not that people are going to take two. It's that people are going to hoard. Yep. And then they're going to force you to, if you're a team, you can't wait too long to take quarterbacks. Yep. Well, we've and, done that. We'll get, we'll get to that. Right. So, <laughs> But, Thanks, you know, Chubb, all, Chubb, McGrubb. Also, there's no trading in league, so you can't really do anything like that. But, you know, you can do pickups and find backup quarterbacks later. And Well, but I mean, like, merge. there's a lot of teams that will, will always try to get three quarterbacks. Yep. So you're it, gonna, it's definitely happened already. Yeah, it happened. So, we had Chubb, McGrubb took three yeah. guys that we knew we liked in one pick. He took. Go on. I'll let Stag, let's let's yeah. let Stags do the draft, and then we'll go back and so, we'll cover just, some. So, just sort of finishing out what we uh, – what we look like there, um, just so AP and David Johnson, and then the third, we're like, all right, it's sort of wide receiver time. There's no great quarterback values here. We're not going to extend for maybe a Blake Bortles or a Carson Palmer, any of those guys. Um, so who, Jordy Nelson, I mean, it was Jordy or Alshon or Mike Evans, who we were talking about, Mike Evans, like with the pick before us. Yeah. So it was... That that was, you know, tough. We wanted Mike Evans, but you know, Jordy's higher on all our tiers technically. So, Jordy's a pretty easy pick. Then he's one of those guys who's proven to be a top two receiver in this league, fantasy wise. So we thought we got some value there. And then in the fourth round, you know, that's when we really started looking quarterback. We didn't want to be left without sort of a top ten, uh, top ten, top twelve guy. We decided, you know, let, let's get let's get Tom. Let's get Tom. This Tom is, Brady. This is the day before his Yesterday. suspensions, uh, you know, upheld. You know, they decide not to hear his case, however you want to phrase it. Um, so we thought we might get a full 16 games out of Brady, but now we might only get 12. Uh, we'll see. And we still got to make the playoffs by week 12. So we've got eight weeks of Brady. Hopefully he comes out gangbusters, so his weapons need to be healthy. Um, but it's, it's a bummer. I didn't think. I thought it was gonna. It wasn't gonna go by. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. We're gonna figure out a way a little bit later to get, uh, get, get some, get a, get a situation where we have got a quarterback to hold us down for those first four games. I was hoping when I looked today. I was hoping that maybe his bye week was gonna be week four. Yeah, right. But it's week nine, so we lose. We're actually gonna lose him five games, which sucks. But when he's in there. There's going to be some destruction. You saw how pissed he was just about the whole thing last year. Uh, kind of pittered off by about week 11, but I'm excited for him when he's in there. Just be like, I'm going to dominate crap on the rest of the league and just dominate. And that very well could be, especially because there's no guarantee that New England's going to come out of those first four games with a 4-0 or 3-1 record. Absolutely. So we got Tom Brady as quarterback 11. You know, that was pretty good value there for us. I think we got him 7 or 8 in our tiers. 
Uh, and then came around, you know, round five where we really started getting down to the nitty gritty. There were some guys that we wanted, guys we've been talking around for a few few rounds, you know, Tyrod Taylors, Dante Moncrief's. Maybe it was a little too early for them. Maybe it wasn't because they ended up going in the next, you know, handful of rounds. At some point, if you want a guy, you just have to yep. fucking knuck up and take him. Yep. Um, so, but what we did, we used our tiers pretty basically. It's like, could we get a tier four wide receiver, or could we get one of the most consistent PPR tight ends in the league, the third tight end off the board, and just lock down that position? If we don't want to go back to that for pretty much the rest of the draft, we don't have to. Or if we want to get another tight end, we can always play him at that flex because he's getting that tight end premium scoring. So, you know, when you're sitting there looking at your tiers and there's a guy sticking out and he's in tier one or tier for two. For me, it was tier one. For I know for you, I think it was tier two. And he was, he, but he was your second highest yeah, tight end. You had him high, higher than Reed at that moment. So we we talked this through. We were just like, let's just let's just go and pounce on and, and grab Olsen. And I love, I love that pick. Still do. The consistency's there. And one of the things I'll say, and I'll let you keep going, is Stag Party did a great job of setting up a document uh, for rankings uh, based on it was not necessarily so tiered out, but rankings for each position. It's kind of uh, it's halfway tiers uh, and based it and put together based uh, projections based on the Scott Fishbowl uh, scoring system, and that's awesome. So we've been able to look and what we think our projections for the season, how those will turn out for the scoring system of the Fishbowl, and we've got this great list and we're looking at guys, and, and because the rules have so many little minutia kind of differences, a guy like Tyrod Taylor comes in at number four in projections at quarterback, uh, and it's pretty sweet. So go on, and, and then let's kind of cruise through this and, and make this pick so we can talk about other fun leagues and yeah, so just going on with that, the sixth round came around, and that's when we do something we don't. We might do it occasionally. It's it's sort of going off the tiers a little bit, but it's knowing how the draft you know sort of flows, knowing the ebbs and flows of the draft, knowing what people you know behind you are sort of going to do. So we saw the first guy, uh, Chub Chub Grub, take his third quarterback, and that saw the two other guys in front of us in that round take two more quarterbacks in Marcus Mariota and David Carr. Knowing that we want, you know, after we heard the Brady suspension, we had a little bit more urgency to get a, you know, pretty decent second quarterback, knowing, you know, potentially we could fill it down the road with a filler-type QB3. Um, so what we decided to do is, you know, keep, you know, pretty much start the run. It's like, okay, it's going to happen in this round if somebody's already taken a third quarterback. Let's you know take a guy we like, and we settled on you know Kirk Cousins, you know D Rex's boy, uh, and we're just that was, and then after that we saw three more quarterbacks come off the uh, the board in that round, and then you see Jay Cutler come off the board in the seventh round, and you're glad you did it because yeah. you you're also helping your chances in that next round of getting a player you want either at running back or wide receiver. So I, I, that's uh, that's the one of the best points about this. It is always great when you and this is where it kind of goes to that whole thing about bucking the trend, right? When you're seeing all this one position, this also goes back to where you're saying draft the best player on the board um, because you're you if you're seeing five wide receivers and all and and five running backs have gone before you and you're in like round seven or whatever and you're waiting on a quarterback and there's there's a bunch that are still out there. 
you get that one there, then everybody else starts going quarterback. So now that's effectively no one else is going after any more of the wide receivers that you were looking to target and you may have had three on your list. They will be there when it comes back because you started everyone thinking in a different direction. And it was so close to happening, and and, and we're, we're glad we made it. I, we, when we were talking, Mo, me, and Staggs were kind of doing texting. I, I was actually with Staggs today when we when we were talk, discussing some of this. But we we, we asked, hey, well, is a Romo going to be there in our next pick? No way. Is a Cousins going to be there in well, our next Ro- pick? Well, Romo is still there, but... Or is he or not? No, I'm mistaken. Um, My bad. <laughs> but uh, is Dalton going to be there? Is Ryan? All these guys. If we don't go Cousins right now or whatever quarterback, who's coming back? And we kind of looked at each other. And it's like it's like going to be like Flacco. And then we were just like, you know what? We need to grab, especially with this Brady news. I might I might have been more apt to take that wide receiver. Brady was play, playing all 16 games, but we went with the Cousins. All then all the kind of next guys that really were going to be scoring some points happened. The guy we thought was going to fall back to us or hope to was Dante Moncrief. And one pick before us, the pick just before us, he got taken. So here we are on the clock with our eighth pick. Um, and So right now we stand at two quarterbacks. Not our eighth pick, I'm sorry. Our, our seventh pick. Our seventh pick. So right now we stand at two quarterbacks, uh, two running backs, a wide receiver, and a tight end. Let's give us six. So... You know, we're, look, we're looking wide receiver here. We could look to keep our advantage at the running back position. Maybe take a, you know, a in, high volume type guy there. In my opinion, the two running backs that I would have been psyched to go for now, based on our last round, were a Frank Gore, who was around after our last pick, and a, and for me, a Matt Jones. Both of those guys have been taken since our last pick. Yeah. So I'm a little bit less inclined to. Go go with a uh, go with a, a running back, um, and we need we got one we got one wide receiver, and you got to play three. So I think we three. all agree we got two quarterbacks, we got our tight ends. We don't really have to worry unless the value f- presents itself. Come back to us. We got to take a wide receiver here, and uh, it would have been great if Moncrief came around because we literally almost took him three rounds ago, <laughs> yeah. which would have been us reaching for him, no question about it. But, uh, but also, yeah. let's remember, this is a league to win it. You have to beat 479 other people. Yeah. yeah. You have to take chances. You yeah. do. I mean, there comes a time when if, if money's not on the line here, it's more pride. You So a lot of the hashtags surrounding the SFB 480 have been YOLO. Like... You have to take risks yeah. in order to win this league. Absolutely. And, you know, things that have worked well, you know, building balanced rosters, going zero RB and having, you know, a dominant wide receiver run and shoot sort of offense. You know, there's so many different strategies you can go just because of this league type that it, it provides some interesting picks. So when we're talking about wide receivers – when we're talking about wide receivers, there are some guys you like, but right now we're drafting for our second wide receiver. Yeah. So I want a guy who I think can be a wide receiver too. I don't want to take a safe wide receiver three per se, because that just isn't how I play fantasy football because I'm not a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you probably win some championships. Pussies so, don't win championships. I mean, you've got all the rookie wide receivers still there. Do I really think any of them could be a solid wide receiver two from day one? Not really. I mean, then you've got Devontae Parker who came on late down the stretch. You've got 
you know, other guys like Jordan Matthews, who disappointed uh, a little bit last season when he had all the chances in the world. You've got potential breakouts uh, all around there, and then you've got a guy like Doug Baldwin, who's coming Doug off Baldwin. Of, Doug Baldwin. He's coming off a 14 touchdown season where he finished as a top 10 wide receiver. I mean, maybe he's a guy we like. But the guy I lean towards is the guy who got hot last year, the guy who's on a contract year this year, the guy who, you know, is playing for big money, and it might not be with Arizona, because the rumors are Michael Floyd to uh, Green Bay, Michael Floyd to New England. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what's great about that? Wow. That's another good reason that if you go for a guy, it's never good when you have a wide receiver gets moved to another team because you have chemistry, but... You can throw that out the window when the quarterbacks that are involved in the two that you just said are Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. So you're going to have no problem yeah. <laughs> adapting. I mean, into and he's the, already with one of the best. He, yeah, he's and he's in an amazing offense yeah. right now with a great running back who's going to draw attention away. He's got. You're always going to be in single coverage because you're not going to. Who are you going to double on that team? Can I play devil's advocate? Is it bad to have Floyd? The one reason I love Floyd, one consensus, and I think I know my tiers. He's the highest guy on my tiers mm-hmm. still. Our consensus, he's the highest guy available to position in our consensus tiers. Uh, Tate was just taken uh, recently. Macklin was just taken recently. We have Floyd as the 22nd uh, wide receiver. And if we took him in this, what wide receiver would he be? 27? 26. 26. So I like that. I like that he's in a contract year. I like this news you're talking about with maybe being traded. So there's not the only thing I don't like is there's a lot of miles. To not feed. not traded this year, but next oh, year okay. signing with a new team. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of miles to feed. Oh, but my I misread you too. Sorry. My, yeah, my, de- <laughs> my devil's advocateness here is: is it bad to have DJ and him, or is that kind of a good? Is that kind of not a bad thing? Where I mean, this is a power and numbers type team. This is a team that finished. You know, first or second in total fantasy points scored last season. Their wide receivers were uh, atop the uh, the second group in terms of fantasy points scored, and their uh, running backs were top five. I don't think there's much to worry about owning a couple players on that offense. I, I just don't think there's any other players of his ilk who can get as hot as he can and carry a team. Yeah. And that's sort of what we need out of a wide receiver, too. Yep. I want to answer your point about is it bad to have these two guys on the same team. I think it would be worse if you had two of the wide receivers. Because then, yes. then you're hemorrhaging yourself. But when you're talking about the running back and, and the wide and a wide receiver of that triumvirate that they have there, you're still going to have a benefit of there's going to be games where they both go off. Yep. And you're most likely going to have when one of them is not necessarily on, you're going to get something from the other one. So, and, you're, and Arizona's with their offense – there's not going to be too many of those games where they both get completely schmiced. Here's the thing I love about him. He was banged up last year. I don't love about him that he kind of seems like he's banged up many times. But it is that contract year, so I think that he's going to be willing to tough it out. Here's what I love about him. Even through that banged up year, I remember tweeting this about a month ago. I think in the last uh, five weeks, didn't he, or last seven weeks, he had 500-yard games last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can he was lighting it up down the road. So when he finally got healthy, it was kind of obvious. And remember, Fitz had that great beginning of the season when he, when he was all kind of there and ready to go and, and be a baller. He was the alpha wide receiver there. So I love this pick. I say we punch it in and um, and, and and make it in and let's uh, let's unless you got something else you want to talk about on the Scott Fishbowl. No. I think I, mean, I think we're fired up. It's a 22 rounder. So we got so many. We can't we can't show all our hands because one of the crazy things about this league, and then I'll let you kind of close out this part, stag party, is. 
the fans are allowed to ask which league they want to be in. And yeah. we had, I think, two of our fans, one of them being Chub Chub McGrub, is in our league because they want they follow our podcast, they follow our draft kit, and this is kind of goes back to what happened in our in that Pyro Pro draft last they year. They all know you. It's like, dude, <laughs> all these guys are going off the same stuff as me, and that's it, it's tough. You so, stand back and son of a bitch. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but that's what we do, and that's the life we lead. So, Bell Verde. Oh, that was weak. He doesn't like you. Sorry. I don't like you either. You just watch yourself. We want it mid. I have the death sentence on 12 systems. I'll be careful. You'll be dead. Oh, scary. Uh... I mean, just now, now we've got our rosters, you know, so evenly constructed, we could just go anywhere for the rest of the draft. I mean, now we're definitely in best player available mode every single round. Love it. And, and to be honest, I'm not scared at all to be tight ending that um, and playing a few of those if that's what presents itself and people wait on tight ends at all. I'm psyched. I think there's a lot of wide receiver talent out there. Um, the running back situation, a lot, I mean a lot, there are a lot of wide receivers that I love. We kind of don't agree on some, but some of the guys that I really love this year, and I'm super high on, are guys that are going much later that would be like, yes, yes, these are guys I love later. And these are the type of guys that I know that you like, and I think they're the same type that I like, where they have big boom potential. So you are going to have, you know, again, as Dad Party was saying, you're playing this to win. You're not playing this to be conservative, so you got to take your chances. There's a lot of great guys that take chances Especially on that Especially when we were a middling playoff team last year. You know, our best player sort of got hurt in Le'Veon Bell, so, yep. you know, we're middling, and, you know, that's okay. Being a playoff team in a pool of 360 is nothing to fret about. And it was, but, it was our first year, and we kind of were, we were new. We were, we, were, we were green, as they say. So let's move on. Again, hats off to Scott Fishbowl. Good luck to all the fans that we are listening to us that are in this league. Also, um, good luck to um, all of our contemporaries and other experts that are doing it. But good luck to Pyromaniac first. Let's show them who's boss. I'm going right. to add a comment that says live pick made on. <laughs> I love it. I love what, it. What show is this? This is Two. Pyro Podcast 220, 233. 233. So, so Houdini, you're our resident league junkie and going nuts. Um, we've got a list of different types of leagues, but I'm just going to hand it over to you. What What do you want? What do you want to talk about? Give us a league that you love and you're in. And let's. We've got a lot of different leagues, and you know we kind of already spent a half an hour on kind of the Scott Fishbowl, which is awesome. Scott Fishbowl deserves its own show, and we actually did that last year on the mm-hmm. Pyro Podcast Light. We did our own a whole show on it. So I'll give you kind of carte blanche to talk about a league that you've been doing that you love. Talk about the rules. What makes it so exciting for you? And and and, and shoot. Well. Okay, one of the leagues that I think that is uh, I, I really enjoy is one of my dynasty leagues, and it's a 14-team league. And I really kind of like the idea of the 14-team league um, when because you always have a difficulty in scheduling when you have uh, a 12-team league. You have uh, you know only 13 weeks in the season, so you're going to play some people twice, or you're not going to play everybody at the same time. So I always like to have that type of, uh, of balance in there. And what's cool about this one is is that we kind of blended in like all different rules from other leagues at the time when we formed this one, which is this one was formed back in 2004. Uh, it's our Pat Tillman League, so Pat Tillman Memorial League. Um, honor Pat. Yes, um, 
So what we did is it's you have every year two rounds where you're drafting rookies. It's an auction league, so you have a $200 salary cap. Um, it's, it's basic, standard, um, uh, the way that you go as far as lineup. You know, we are still starting a kicker and a defense and uh, three wide receivers, though, no flex. So you always have to have a three wide receiver. And it's, it's what it is is that we, we have all the point system set where it's like down to like you get like to hundreds of points. <laughs> so you have games where it's uh, like comes I'm down better. to the hundreds of points. So like every yard is worth a tenth of a point. Um, so it's and like, I, you've had ties in this league. I remember where you're like they, we tied at two hundred or one hundred and thirty three point seven six eight. So it's seven six. Yeah, to the, yeah, to the, yeah, to, like, yeah. What? Exactly. How's like, what? How is it? It's ridiculous. So, but what's also cool about it is that it's it's it's, it's a full on keeper league. Yeah, go ahead, Stace. First off, if you don't play in fractional fucking leagues, you suck. If somebody can tie eighty to eighty. And you know, like, you know, avid fantasy football players know that, you know, just because he doesn't surpass 80 or 80 yards, give him eight points. But if he gets 19 receiving and 61 rushing, that's eight points. Like, if you don't play in fractional leagues, you know, like ESPN's base league is, you know, still just to, to the whole number. And I think it's insane. That's one of the first, first rules you should absolutely institute. Yeah, and we also don't do it by rushing and receiving. It's total yards. So that way, it's, you know, it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tenth of a point for every yard gained. So the other thing, though, is the way that the keeper, uh, it's not really keeper, it's a dynasty. The way that it's set up is that we are, uh, you, you, are you can keep only eight players in one, uh, one year to the next. So you can get guys at values, and they go and they go through a progression of A, B, C, and then and their and their salary is going to go up. So if they start at like a, if you got a guy at a bargain, like last year I got Tyler Eifert at four dollars. Well, he goes up by three dollars if he's between uh, one and nine. Then it goes up by four in the next bracket, five, six, seven. So if you pay forty-two dollars for forty-five dollars for a guy. You're, he's going to be in the fifty-dollar range of the next year. So you have to. There's a lot of strategy that's involved in. The lower price guys, or if you draft one of you know these rookie drafts we have every year, two rounds where you're drafting all players that were drafted in the NFL draft, and you can store them on a reserve roster. So you can redshirt them. You can redshirt them for up to two years, and then they are automatically come and have to be uh, activated. Uh, but you only have a, a, a finite number. You can only have five players on your reserve roster. People make trades of their... Of, that is the biggest thing. When your team is out of it, and this is why these leagues are so much fun, because it's not you know it's not just like, oh, how am I going to get people in an annual league to play to the end of the year? You're not always going to be able to. You can have a reverse toilet bowl and all that stuff. Sure, that's interesting, but people don't necessarily care if they're not winning. But when you're in a dynasty league and you're playing with... And we've had basically... Every owner is the same, except we've only had one change out since 2004. That... You're gonna, and we have a live draft every year, so everyone, people come in from from Iowa, from Wisconsin, from Minnesota. We're all we're all there. Uh, one guy comes in from Toronto, uh, so and you have to get in each other's faces. But when you're in the, you're in the middle of a losing streak, your team sucks, but you know. And we have a, and the way that the draft order is selected is is not that you get if you have the worst record, you get the first pick in the in the in the draft, the rookie draft the next year. We do a full on effing lottery. Nice. So I actually have the bingo balls. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. There, it goes. There's the best odds gets forty percent chance, 
and then it goes down from there. Style. I love it. And I actually uh, one year I the the, the first year that uh, which became the second year I got Adrian Peterson. And it was uh, basically I had a three percent chance. I had three balls in the hopper, and I and I pulled out. That's awesome. Then this last year, I made other trades for because people who are losing, you you trade for another guy's uh, draft well, I think picks. That's, go back to that. I think that's the awesome. That's thing the best part. It's like if you're out, you can you're you're not just worried about this season in this league. You're like you know what? I'm out this season, but as a franchise, I'm going to be around for the next ten years. I can be trying to get better. Yeah. For for next year, two years. When we talked about this league, you're like, I just traded away a big guy. I'm like, how could you do that? And you're like, look what I got. You're like, my team is going to be stacked in two years. I can't even fathom that. I need to win every not every year because I'm in mostly redrafts, and, and I, maybe I got a keeper. But in your league, it's like sometimes if you're out of it, you're like truly in rebuilding mode, which is a nutty thing to think about when you're in rebuilding mode in fantasy football. And I think that's one of the things about your league. But what it's always so, crazy whenever we're talking about. And what was so unique about that when you remember when we were going into last year, I told you I was still in rebuilding mode last year. I ended up having the best team in the league, ran away with it, but I lost in the finals. Uh, just because you know stupid matchups, yeah. a guy who, who had a kicker that was uh, hurt, Bryant or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he got one less player than me. He kicked my ass by like eighty points. That happens. And uh, well, day. number forty-four. Woo! Forty-four. That's me. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Get some cold cuts. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. 44, ladies, that's me! Woo! get some cold cuts today! You guys know I met him at last year's draft. That was the highlight of my draft, hanging out with him. I told him, hey, uh, Icky, I'm proud, I'm happy for you in your uh, renaissance. He's like, thanks, man. I got a picture of him and all. That, that commercial, that's awesome. Where's that product placement uh, thing from last week? Oh, from uh, Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, oh, Taco yeah, yeah. Bell uh, product placement. Taco <laughs> Bell. Mucho burrito, enchilada. I, to be honest, you know I've got that messed up hearing, and uh, I, during the show sometimes I can't really understand uh, what's going on because it's loud. The mic's turned the other way. I'm thinking I'm concentrating on, but that that I during editing and during listening to that show. Fist of Fury or whatever. I was dying. Kung Pao, Kung Pao. Have you watched it yet? Yeah, no, I'm psyched to watch it, but I was I was dying. Some of those lines are hilarious. So and, and some of your lines afterward. Are, 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 are we? Uh, we were just uh, recording this one from uh, what was it? Uh, an ISIL uh, a cave or uh, uh, what you say? I don't know. I don't know. The evil plan. <laughs> oh, good stuff. It's always the never a dull moment. So, so, so what's great is so again, so it's and how you're trading these players. So you may have a guy who's a high priced player. He's fifty five dollars. So be you only bought him for this year anyway. He's not going to do any good. But I'm I'm trying to make the playoffs. I'm making a run. I have a guy gets injured. I want your player. Now I'm going to give you. Hey, look, I, I he's on my bench. If I get this guy, here I'll give you a, a five dollar, you know, running back that may have a potential to be something next year. And I'll give you my rookie draft pick in the first round. And I'll give you an eighth of weed behind, the, behind underneath the table. There you go. <laughs> so, I mean, there's just so many different things with Dynasty Leagues. And I, I really like the ones that let you trade all season. Um, but it does sort of provide... You do or don't like those? I do. Okay. Mm. But it does sort of provide teams, you know, they can sort of flip-flop all season long. And, you know, but... 
What I don't like is when you set it late in the season. If you set it too early, a team oh, no, can't yeah. decide if he's out, if it's week 10 or maybe... Two weeks before the... It's how we have it. Two weeks before the playoffs start is when you uh, we shut down the trading. And also, um, at that point in time as well, if you are picking up any players... They are now their contracts are not A's anymore. They're XXX. So it's like you cannot keep any of the players that you pick up on waivers in the last six weeks of the season, or then, including playoffs. So are we off of his league? And yeah, we can get off go, it. We're going to the dynasty. In yeah, let's do it. Cool. Yeah, let's go to yeah, dynasty. That's a great league. I love yeah. when you talk to me about that one. It's, a, I, it's too hardcore for me, but for listeners out there, let me just quickly before you go into this, um, we've got OC is updating a piece that we did that Houdini did from a few years ago, where we're going to put a lot of these leagues and we're going to put them into an article for Pyro Free members, where if you're a commissioner, or you're forming a new league or pulling it together, you're going to be able to check out a lot of these kind of rule sets. And I think you can go and look at this piece um, that uh, right now it, there actually is one on this uh, site, that, but we're going to update it. The one that's up there right now is called Creating a Fantasy Football League, but what kind? And that's from Houdini in 2013. OC is going to be updating that with what the stuff we've got there plus some new uh, league types. Here's one thing I would tell you as a guy who formed three, three different leagues. So one of the things I think is the most important is get together with a bunch of people that you know are going to be in the league and start talking about the things that you like. What are the things that you want to have the, the, this league that you've been frustrated with in your other leagues? It's not that you need to copy anybody else. You need to come up with your own formula of how your league is going to work. And, you know, uh, at that point in time, that's where it's like, I mean, I have leagues with different scoring systems, like the whole Scott Fishbowl thing. You know, there there are ways that you can affect change to make it more fun for you, but do it so it's about the things that you like. <laughs> I mean, that's all that really matters is constructing a league that you're going to have fun with and yeah. have fun with. And you got to make it your own. And just because, you know, you're sort of going off... You know, we're going to start a dynasty. I mean, there's also different types of dynasties you could do. You could do salary cap dynasties where you have to take into players, you know, you have to sign them for a certain amount of deals for a certain amount of years. And then that plays a factor. Or you can do straight up where it's like, hey, I drafted this roster this year. That's all that matters. Next year, we're going to do a rookie draft. We're going to do three rounds. We're going to do four rounds. Then everybody else pickups. You can do whatever you want there. You know, you can do IDP dynasty where you're picking up defensive players. Uh, and there's you could do auction dynasty to start instead of doing well again do well, auction, I, you know, I, I, I never know what the distinction is between but to me it's like dynasty to me means it has to be and I just again I've, I've mentioned this in previous podcasts but to me a dynasty league is an auction league a keeper league is where you're just keeping players from year to year where a dynasty is I can keep a guy for the I can keep not more not not just two players I can keep in my other league eight players for up to three, four, and three guys I can keep in, 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 you know, till infinity. So to me, I, I, I uh, so auction to me that I, I'm sorry about that, but it's like that's just I, I always find that that's a I think it makes sense. The dynasty is is an auction, and the keeper is like a draft snake league. And and one thing I want to mention when it goes to dynasty leagues, actually check out um, show 137, almost a hundred shows ago. We did uh, episode, um, Dynasty, it's called Dynasty Leagues, it's from July 24th, 2014. Wow, it's like literally, almost, that's two years that's ago. <laughs> so we were talking about this, but on that one we had Charlie Don't Surf. And we did that podcast and it was me, you, Charlie Don't Surf. And that's a good, if you're just trying to give you other content in Pyro Podcasting, you know, that's a, 
a two hour and 40 minute show from a couple years ago. But still, it's great information about Dynasty League. So check out that old show, episode show 137 Pyro Podcast if you want. You can get that um, easily through Stitcher, through Spreaker, through iTunes, any of your outlets. Uh, they're all up on the Google um, Play. So check that out and listen to some of the old shows. It's two years ago, but it's still relevant. And Charlie Don't Surf is one serious SMF effort. He's in the most complex league. I'm in the 16-team league that is an IDP league with uh, franchise. We don't even need to get to that, but I'm just saying with franchise tags, transition tags, long-term contracts, option years, uh, rookie draft. It's insane. Which one is that in the uh, which league piece? Uh, that is uh, Chicago football is the name. Let me see okay. if it's, it's uh, definitely in there. But yeah. go on, Stag Party. So. Depending on how you call, depending on what you want to call it, Dynasty League can be whatever you want it to be. Uh, but you know, you should keep the same roster or keep a certain number of players year to year. It doesn't matter how you draft them. I mean, that's just my opinion. What, but there's lots of different people who do Dynasty, but their main concern is long-term outlook. Mm-hmm. So you're looking a couple years down the line. What makes your team best? Maybe two to three years down the line. And there's also you know different strategies involved. So let's talk just general yep. dynasty startup for a minute. So say you're doing an auction dynasty league, six, 16 players, you know regular fantasy positions, and then you're doing uh, I don't know 12, 12 teams. You know what kind of strategy if if you're starting a dynasty today? You know are you looking for to win this year? Are you looking to win in two to three years? How do you approach that? I approach it as I am not playing to just flat out try to win this year. I am playing it that I know I'm going to be competitive. But where everybody else is going to go and spend the um, the bulk of their salary, you know, in, and depending on what the rules are, as long as I can have like, which I have a choice of like six, seven, eight guys I can keep from one year to the next, so I know I'm going to basically, or I can keep as many, that's awesome. I'll let the guy spend $65, $70, $80 in an auction on a player. The most I'll probably spend, I'll probably have like three guys that are in the, the $40 range. And then I'm going to be... And you're assuming that's a $200 auction. $200 auction. And then what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of these like 10 to 15 to $20 players. And then what I always want to do at the end is I have like, like D-Rex always does. I want these guys that I just want to have control of. And I, I know that I can just waste the space on my bench to hold them for a year or, or throughout the season so I know that they can be effective for me next year. And I'm going to get them at the value and I get them at like $5 or less. And then you just you just steal away. And, and, and that's when then the next year comes and people are like, how do you have all these guys on your team? It's like because you were thinking about this year. I'm thinking about the second or third year guy that has you know, or, or – a rookie that, that is, is going to be something, it's and you jump them early. It's what you said. Run. I like to run when people are walk, and also more or less Houdini for your whole life. You've been listening to Chris uh, Christopherson, or no, not Chris. Chris, Chris, what's Chris, Chris Christopherson. No, what's, the, what's the guy's name? this? Why don't we steal away? Steal away. Why don't we steal away? Isn't that, isn't that Steely Dan? What? No, isn't that, isn't that like Daryl Hall and John Oates? No, you know the song. It's it's. Uh, I'm gonna do a uh, search for it. Right yeah. Steal away. My dad used to play that on 45. Who Into is that the though? Night. I know the song. I don't I know. know who it ain't right. 
<laughs> it's, not, it's not hollow notes? No. It sounds like hollow notes. I know. Well, it's probably because I sang it. And, and, <laughs> and I, a hollow notes I looked, I looked, I looked, like, I looked like I had a little, a little stupid mustache going, and I, I was a little, a little idiot. Um, I'll, I'll get that. Steal away. Go on. So Sorry. You're, you're planning for a couple years down the line. Are, are you, I'm planning for the next year. I'm planning, so you're I'm, planning I'm, for one year down the line. Yeah. And, okay. and to be, and then to set myself up where I'm having solid players who are in the $20 or, or fewer range so that their salary is not going up. So where if they were on the open market the next year, they're probably going to be in the $30 to $40 range. And I'm now having them at a value. And if I can stash three or four guys in the first year who become a value in years two, three, you know, and, and are producing, then boom, you have, then you have the extra money to add that one player to say, no, next year I will spend $60. And you know what? I'm going to get the guy or $70. I'm going to get the guy that's going to put this team to the championship. Yeah. Hold on, it's Robbie Dupree. Robbie Dupree. We don't have this cued into uh Get it closer. There you go. Oh, now we hear it. Fucking shoot me now. See you away. It sounds a little bit like that song from uh, uh, Slapshot. It also sounds like uh, Olivia Newton-John. Let's get physical. It does, it does. Oh, man. All right. Copyright infringements. Who's getting sued? Does Robbie Dupree have a case? Call me. Sorry, we're moving on. Was he first? So maybe I he, maybe no he can idea. sue Olivia Newton-John. Let's let stag parties. It has imploding. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I was I was I was riding with a guy today, and uh, and I was talking. And we were listening to the, the podcast. I had him listening to it, and he, he was cracking up on one of the tangents that we went off on. Yeah. I said, I go, I know. I go. Me and D Rex drive drive stag party crazy. He just wants to get back to the fantasy. And me and D Rex is like well, a double. Well, this is this is a show where you can be the crazy fuckers that you are, because I don't have to think about anything. That's true. <laughs> and to be honest, before you came on the show, and you've been the best addition of all time. The way you think about fantasy is unbelievable. But we used to do something. We used to do three hours of nothing but craziness. We're like, what are we gonna do? Oh, let's do Battle of the Network Stars and just do what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> well played. Just me on that. It's the worst story of my life. <laughs> I leave a room. I, I, I leave a room and that is basically what echoes. <laughs> So, well, I'll talk a little bit about my da- overall dynasty strategy. I sort of let the room come to me, get a feel for what everybody else is doing. So, if everybody else is going to build for a year down the line, I'm going to go for the title now. I mean, if people are you know going for it now, I'm going to play for two years down the line. I mean, I sort of let the room dictate that to me, so that means I won't bid on any of the first, you know, 10, 12... 20 players. That's exactly what I did in that first year. You, it's, it's a great strategy. I mean, and then you just let the room come to you, and they dictate your strategy, and you know you pivot off of that. And that just gives you maximum flexibility. Uh, I know there's a lot of sort of dynasty sites that advocate for, hey, always play for two, three years down the line, and that's it. Or there's some that say, play for now. You know, what do you got to lose? And, you know, there's different strategies you can take from that. And it doesn't mean... So, if you had, if it's a snake draft, let's just say per se, and we're not mm-hmm. going to talk money because that'll complicate things. Who's your number one overall pick 
in that type of format. Now, how many of those are wide receivers in the first round? Well, how see, many are potentially running backs? What are you thinking? Well, again, then it's a whole different. We're in a different ball game now because when you're talking, you keep everybody. Well, no, but if, but if <laughs> I can keep all the players like what we're talking, I'm thinking of it in. And you're talking about, like, what do I do at the beginning? I'm talking about an auction format where yeah. it's like they're letting the bid. If it's going in a snake draft, you, now, you are... I, I changed the game. Yeah, so yes. in the snake draft, now where, where am I drafting? You're drafting number one overall. Number one overall. Who's the number one overall dynasty asset? You know what? At, at that point in time, if I, I'm not worrying about it because what usually happens in that regard is that, uh, is it going to be where it's I'm going to lose by I'm gonna lose by round and I'm going to be able to, like, keep a guy and he, and he loses the round? You keep him for no penalty. And then next year, there's just... Oh, and then we draft. just... So this become like, okay, I've been in the league like that. So it's like the first three rounds are all the keepers. Who is it? I'm taking in... I'll take Antonio Brown. I mean, I'd probably go ODB. Or ODB. One of the two. It's one of the two. I'd do ODB just because that youth. Longevity. Just that youth. Yeah, yeah, the youth. I, I agree. But the, the only... I switch. I'm sorry. I'm a flip-flopper. So then after that, are, are, maybe... Do you even go nuke over Antonio Brown? Do you... Or you how, might. How deep does that feel? Like... Yeah, you, you this know guy's what? entering his fourth, and you know Antonio's in the middle of his second contract. I'd rather have those guys that are going to, into their prime than the guy that's coming out of his prime. I mean, Antonio's just coming off about three ridiculous seasons in a row. Well, to, two, to, two number ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, right. But it's so it's hard to say that. Okay, if I'm going to have him, is he going to do it this year again? It's gonna, that's going to be tough. Oh, and then you're going to do it again the next year and again. I'll take the younger guy with, who's trending upward. Yeah, I mean. One, one thing I want to do is, and we'll, we'll do this throughout the show, is uh, we had some people ask questions on Facebook um, about, all right, well, obviously, Dynasty is an important uh, thing, and we actually had one of our, uh, our good buddies on Facebook, Michael Goss. Love you, buddy. Love the way you're giving us the likes and the comments you're always providing on Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. If you're not following us there, you should be. We have a great outlet to get our new content. We have fun there. We give other information. I'd say uh, when it comes to fantasy football, I think we probably have the best Facebook page of any any sites out there. So follow us there. Even if you're not on Facebook very much, it's a great way to interact with us, ask questions, blah, blah, blah. Michael Goss asks, what are some good sites to start a dynasty league on? And you know, one of our partners and an old friend of Mo, and that's uh, Paul Charchian's uh, website, and this is LeagueSafe.com. Um, basically, on LeagueSafe, uh, you can you can uh, play any dynasty league, and they'll be able, they'll they'll handle the money. So if you ever are in a league that has issues with uh, with the money and getting paid out, the league safe is great for taking the money. They hold it for you. They do the payouts and everything. Don't they awesome. also harass the uh, the people who yeah, don't pay they, for yeah. you? They're basically they're basically <laughs> they're your collection service. Yeah, they're their collection service, <laughs> which is excellent. And um, they've got great features where they've got league safe leagues. And where you can find other leagues to play in, and you, even dynasty leagues, and they're huge. That staff. Also, um, what's the other fellow's name that, that that he's interviewed a number of times? Uh, God, I'm spacing his name. Uh, he's been on the show a couple times. I'll, I'll remember in a minute. But that, that guy. Mo has people on. They're most people. <laughs> it's Matt Will, Matt M A T Matt Williams or something. Uh, anyway, Williamson. Maybe? Oh, it could be it could be Paul's uh, partner. Yeah, it's one of the guys who works at Leafs. Yeah, he's, yeah. Been on, he's been on the Pirate Podcast like twice. But one of the things that they are talking about is this Empire League, and I'm going to have Stag Party go on that in a minute. But 
Michael and any of you other fellas out there that are looking for some way and a league to join uh, this dynasty or a platform to be on this dynasty, uh, check out League Safe just because they're good with handling, or you're just in a league that's got people that are terrible about paying or paying out. LeagueSafe.com, and actually we have um, an affiliate program with them that you can get, uh, I believe it's uh, 10% off um, your, your uh, entry fee, entry fee, fee. and that, just if you want to do that, go to LeagueSafe.com forward slash pyro, as you guys can tell, listen to the Pyro Podcast light, and listen to the Pyro Podcast heavy, I am half the salesperson that Mo (laughs) could ever try to be, the people on Facebook and such call it the the Pyromaniac Mo radio voice, I'm terrible at this stuff, that's why we blog talk radio and do these ads. You know what this is, is for all uh, the radio stations, all the personalities, there's Advertisers who will hire certain radio personalities. I listen to like all the sports talk radio. Yeah. So to do reads and, do, and it's like if you're like there's like a two person guy. It's like one guy's getting all the endorsements and doing yeah. all the reads. The other guy's like doesn't do like half the reads. You know, basically like, I'm that you're dumber <laughs> line. It's it's do a little tweak on it. Like your advertisement just got no sales. It just had it got less sales than it would have without it. I don't like your jerk-off face, I don't like your jerk-off behavior, and I don't like you, jerk-off. <laughs> Yet again, another another thing that's... Fired up. up! So, Empire League is a type of dynasty league. I thought it was carpeting. Empire Carpeting today. Much better, boys. <laughs> We're doing the reads for Leeds and Pyro from now on. You actually have handed it to you, and you've done so much better. I can't do this. I can't even read. Let's be honest. I can't read. <laughs> so, Empire League is a type of dynasty league. You pretty much keep the same roster from year to year. You know, after doing your startup draft, however you may want to do it. But the key to an Empire League is winning it two years in a row. Mm. Because every year you put in, so let's just create an arbitrary number right now where it's real easy. Let's call it two hundred bucks. A hundred goes into the prize pool for that year, and one hundred goes into the prize pool of the empire. Go, sort of goes into the crown, and it builds, and it builds every year, and, the, and it's suddenly won when a champion wins it two years in a row. <laughs> so you also handicap the champion. The, the person cannot make trades all of next season. The whole... What? So the champion can't make trades. You know, there's other rules that are involved, but those are the two major aspects. And this thing can grow and grow and grow for years. Yeah. And somebody I, can win it, and suddenly it's like a 10 grand pot. Could you because imagine... league safe's holding this money for you, not you. Oh, that's amazing. And could you imagine okay. if... You're in that league and you're like, I don't like this league. And then you've been in it for like six years and like that pot is like, could be like $10,000. You're stuck in there. You have to stay in the league. And what also I was going to say is what, what probably happens to that's awesome. They can't make trades. Is that other, like making other, the guy have his left hand behind his back? It's like you, and if you win that thing, it, let's say you want it and then the next year, two years in the league, you want it, you're basically like, what's up? You're my bitches. Well, you know what? It's like you, you always. It's like, can you guard against collusion in that aspect? Because yeah. it's like 
Let's say no, no, because let's say you won the league and you had stags. You it's had been ten years. I can't. You can't give me half of your pool no, no, to no, no, trade no, no. you my best player. No, no. What I'm saying is this: you've you you won the league last year. Just hear me out. You got to understand what I'm saying. It's, it's collusion against the team that that that's in front. Oh, because, there's major collusion. Right, because the that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you have the best team, and it's like, and you you can't make trades, but you set yourself up so well the year before, and I'm going to D-Rex, D-Rex. We can't let this effort, mother yeah. effort get twenty thousand dollars. It's in that goddamn empire thing. I will trade you this guy and this guy and this guy. Let's get build you the fucking super team and let's keep you from and let's keep him from winning two years in a row. As always, you know, there's some veto powers. I don't uh-huh. really, I don't really okay. like vetoes be, in regular in regular redraft leagues. I don't really like vetoes. I kind of think I, of it as this. I think of it as like basketball when you play in the playground, you play 21. I think the Empire League is pretty much like 21. No holes barred. You know what? Collusion's going to happen. We're already tied it behind his back. It's going to be out there for a long time, and when you win it, the person who wins it's going to have to F and earn it. Can I tell you about... And then buy a lake house. Just, <laughs> just, I'll tell you about 21. I used to be a great basketball player, and I used to play a ton. 21, I, but I sucked at free throws. Okay. And you I, rebound I was terrible at hitting the ghost well, you, number. You were the grand. I hit the ghost number. 13 every time. 13 every time. I would come time. back. I would go down. I'd be at 13. I'd be down at zero. And then I'd still come back. But my free throws sucked. But everything else, I just had to like not even ever make a free throw. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I remember we used to play 21 a lot. And you, had, like, and you had to land on 21. So if you went to 22, yes. you went back to like the... If I needed a free throw. You went back. There. You went back. You went back to uh, 11 because then no 11 so then when you made the oh, basket yeah. you're at the next ghost wow. number and you have to make another free throw literally it was it was a mind fuck whenever I'd play that game I'd be crushing him on everything except for the free throw he's doing he's got a calculator exactly. in his pocket out there <laughs> exactly so true I gotta, I gotta make this free throw I gotta make my so true so um, go on just talking about Empire Leagues I mean it's a you're, you're looking two seasons out you want to put together you know a team with a window of two years to try to win this pot, however big it may be. And there's just leagues that can go on forever and ever where you can pass down to your fucking kids <laughs> and who knows what's going to happen because, you know, these leagues are very serious. How are you going to get out of a league that has that much money in the pot? Looking good, Billy Ray! Feeling good, Lewis! <laughs> Boathouse, boat... Uh, on the Mediterranean, we just, we, just, we just broke we just broke two old white honkies. I mean, come on. <laughs> One thing I'll say about these empire leagues that are great: how many people in our second opinions and have asked questions along the along the times that are in like family leagues? A lot of our a That's lot of our great. female a lot of our female listeners are like, I'm in my family league. Thank you. I freaking beat my family last week. Then they think I'm a girl and I suck at this stuff. And you guys are my ace up the sleeve and we love you. But think about an empire league in the family. Like that is enough to probably destroy a family. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like the dad's like, do you know I paid your education? You better be paying me that money back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, serious, serious destruction oh, of my family God. through the empire. So Houdini and his about to be wife could get divorced right after he wins it. <laughs> She'll get half. <laughs> but she's gonna have to stay married to me for at least ten years so that pot builds up. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, this is my last podcast. Um, yeah. I, I'm. I'm 
leave out of town a week from today. Early in the morning, I get married a week from this uh, coming Saturday. Nice high fives, good job, buddy. And then I'm uh, then I'm then I'm heading then I'm heading to Cabo for uh, for nine days. Looking good. And uh, I'll be feeling good, Lewis. and then I'll be back on August 4th, so I'm not going to be back till I think it's the August uh, 10th podcast. So, uh, and the to-do list will be piling up. And, you'll and, have and August 10th is my birthday, so we shall not be doing a podcast that day. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. I said that in the office this week, and the two people, my, Jason's like, "What movie was that again?" I'm like, "Come on, Groundhog Day, come on, brother!" But I said, "Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy." All right, let's move on to another style of league. I'll let you stags run. Let's do do a quick kind of a best ball. Talk your NFL tens and hundred uh, twenty fives and hundreds. Give a little primer on that. Talk about that, and uh, then we can bounce to another type of league. Okay, so MFL10 is basically MyFantasyLeague.com. They offer leagues for $10. Uh, it's a 12-team league that's best ball. They also offer $25 and $100 nominations, and then that changes the prize pool. But for $10, first place wins 100 and then second place wins uh, an entry into next year's draft. Mm-hmm. Or next year's, you know, another league next yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're going all out. You're going for first place. There's so many different strategies you can do with MFLs because it's a best ball league. So there's, you know, you can do zero RB. Well, could, describe best ball. For people okay, so best ball is basically you don't set a weekly lineup. So there's people on the site that have hundreds of leagues they've drafted this summer. And you can pretty much draft from the day, you know, from March until, you know, pretty much up until the season like regular. And people are doing it all year long. And it, they're drafting for next year without knowing where these rookies are and, you know, taking those sort of chances. But, you know, part of the best ball that is interesting is you don't set a weekly lineup. So, so no, you could have 200 of these teams that you have to do no in-season maintenance on. They're so draft only. Let me, let me, let me just clarify so the people who to, – to clarify what best ball means. That means that let's say on your roster – you have 16 players, players, and you, let's say you have you have the, the starting lineup is what the starting lineup is. Let's say it's a normal state. So it's, start, it's a but, 20. So, I got you. It's yeah. a 20 uh, roster lead roster. You don't make pickups. There's no in season pickups. There's no in season maintenance at all. One QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, uh, a defense. But best ball means but you get the best. If player you have three position. quarterbacks, you don't have to worry about picking which one to start this week. Mm-hmm. What what happens is whoever scores the most points yeah. becomes your starting quarterback. Yes, yes. And that, that that's pretty awesome. That's yeah. why you don't have to do any maintenance. So you're trying to draft something that sustain, uh, to stay free of injury. Get 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 a guy that can explode here or there. Might not have a great season throughout and be like you don't want those plotters and consistent guys. You want a guy that can explode every once in a while and and can be your number one. I mean, there's tons. There's a tons of, of approaches. There's tons but, of approaches. But next week we're going to be taking in uh, doing part in a charity league uh, to which we could you know win some money for the Otis Wilson Foundation here in Chicago, uh, but. And it's with all the other experts who have finished well in fantasy pros over the last you know five or so years. So we'll be in there. Um, it's a best ball league. Um, 
And we're excited for that. Yeah. yeah. We, I think we finished middle of the pack last year in our first, you know, together best ball sort of format. So now we'll see if we got any better. And that's uh, what that, uh, what's the name of the group? Uh, Data. Matthew Hill and Data Force. Data, Data Force. Uh, Data Force FF. And that's why it's so important that, you know, in these best ball leagues, that's where it's like you have these players that we always like, you're confounded by in a standard league. Because it's he's gonna blow up. It's gonna be one of these five weeks, and I'm gonna start on the four that he does nothing, and then this one he's gonna blow up. You know what? You're gonna get the credit for him in this league. Yeah. 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 And there's you know drafting players with big variances. You mm-hmm. could do that. Trav, Travis Benjamin's a killer sometimes, but sometimes he's also a dominator. And there's a lot of guys who could just take one to the house at any time, and that gives them sort of an advantage here. But, so MFL, when you're paying that, they're kind of doing what League Safe does. They'll hold your money till the end of the season, and uh, that's awesome. And, and, and MFL is the, is the they run. I think we probably already said it, but they run the Scott Fish Bowl. Oh yeah, it's hosted on their site. It's kind of a cool. Just in, in general, you know, I've done leagues with Fan Ball, which is now real fan, real time sports. Uh, just in general, because we're talking about leagues. There's obviously ESPN, CBS. Um, what are some of the flea flicker that we did that one? I didn't really love that one all that much. But uh, what are some other platforms just to throw people that are CBS starting? CBS Sports. C- yeah. We did they said that um, NFL does it now, yeah. but they haven't really gotten too much traction. ESPN. What's the big one we're missing? Yahoo. One? Yahoo. Yahoo's a real big one. Um, are there any other ones that are out there? there? There's a bunch of other ones that are out there, but it's like we because we're on CBS with like that. Charlie Don't Surf League I yeah. told you about which is so complex so yeah. CBS can handle that the ultimate complexities yeah. and we were trying to switch to another one just because their fees are stupid expensive though yeah. you know and I think we're now we're paying bucks. it's like 170 or 180 yeah, yeah. so it's, it's ridiculous so but we, when we were looking at trying to switch it the platform sucked so you know what I give it a couple years there's going to be there will be a lot of alternatives out there so I will tell you that for my personal belief, I think that Yahoo for fantasy baseball is the best. I hate them for fantasy football. I love CBS Sports for fantasy football. I hate them for fantasy baseball when I played. Yeah. So, but for fantasy football, go CBS. That's the way that I think is, is especially I, if you're I in like dynasty leagues where you're wanting to be able, you're able to manipulate everything with all your contracts. It's easy. It's the functionality is good. And then when the, ever we find out whoever this new cheap site that's going to offer it for fifty or sixty bucks, we're going to let you know. Yeah, and I, I like CBS a lot too. I like their reports at the end of the week. I like their live kinda, scoring. They, I love their shit app. on you, the email, like, and douchebag, no, 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 you're gonna play this guy, but he did it. I like that stuff, but it's important that if you're starting a new league, and this is really important for reasons like you said, you get locked into leagues. History. My oh, oldest yeah. league, my 88 year uh, league, when it went online, we started. We started with we, <laughs> we started in fanball in the late in the late nineties when it went online. Um, this shit's so old that we used to do it, like, you know, count it up from the Me national. Too. Me too. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to hear yeah. about. I know. I, know. I don't want to hear about the sundial. Yeah, yeah. I hear. You. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I got you. Yeah, fair enough. But we did fanball, and we, so we're locked into this league because our history's there for like the last eighteen years or last. It's probably the last 15, 12 years, but it's there so long, I'll give it up. It's Bell Day. No, you do your own. Say a prayer for peace. That was me making fun of a uh, TV commercial. Remember that? Say a prayer for I peace. I did a Bell Day. Give me one. Here, you get a good one.
They make me come like a vibrator dub. <laughs> Bullshit. You get to be all Buck Rogers having sex in the 25th century with Tweaky and Dr. Theopolis. I'm stuck to a bottle of Jergens in the bathroom. Holy bejesus. You do not use my Jergens to jacket in our bathroom. Now, you know what I do, actually? <laughs> Can I tell you? That was the I that own was the Jesus.com. Do you? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was even better because that was the clip that spurned on the whole Jurgens conversation yep, from yep, years yep. ago. And you own Bejesus as well. It's a double whammy. There you go. These that, are the that's your clip. things that I do. The room <laughs> gets dumber as I walk out of it. But I own some do, and do some interesting bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, sort of going back. Uh, to best ball, I mean, it's just an interesting strategy where you could do so many different things and things could work out for you because you could draft high variance players, you could draft consistent players, you could draft, you know, but it's all about sort of roster construction and how you properly get uh, the best weeks out of, you know, teams. So you may, might want to draft three defenses instead of just two. Um, yeah, exactly. And then three quarterbacks and then. Just so you have the greatest chance of hitting, uh, you know, great weekly scores, no because question. all that really matters in the end is the total points leader at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, for starters. So, uh, besides that, let's let's hit up. A, I mean, we talk redraft all the time. We don't need to hit that one up. Let's talk about salary cap leagues and sort of DFS yeah. basis. Let me let me let me give. I want to give a real important basic to salary cap leagues. Okay, I'm I like them, but you have to. There, what happens is you get people who are just don't understand that you need flexibility. You want people to make trades. So what happens is is that the, I've been in leagues where they're like the salary cap is two hundred. I'm like okay, and so what's the in season salary cap? And they're like, what do you mean the salary cap is two hundred? I said no. What do you mean? What's the in season salary cap? And they're like, well, what the hell are you talking about? Here's what I'm talking about. When you have a two hundred dollar salary cap. Are you going to leave a dollar on the table when you are drafting your team? No. You're going to spend every dollar you have. So when you have a hard $200 salary cap, that means if I want to trade with you, I have to be matching dollar for dollar to make a trade work. Do you know how hard that is? It's effing impossible. At the bare minimum, and I was in a league like this, I'm like, you wonder why we had four trades on the year? Because no one could make a trade. And I said, so they... He only, I said, I go, look at our other league. It, we go up by $20. Um, and he's like, well, we're going to go up by 10 and At least the 10 you get a little bit of flexibility. But 20 is good. I'm in that crazy league with Charlie. We put an extra $100 and $280 because it's an IDP league as well. So we have your start. You have a 26-man salary, uh, roster. But $280. But then once you get to in-season, it goes up 100 So that means you can trade anyone for anyone. You can take on a guy who has a $75 salary and you're giving him a $5 salary. So I like that because it all adjusts itself the next year. So what? If you were having a bad year, let, you, know, you had your team at the beginning. Now you have flexibility to do whatever you want. Or if you don't want it to be as you know, wild, wild west, put the $20 salary cap on top of it. But now you give teams flexibility. And if you don't have flexibility, then your league is going to be boring and people are not going to have fun because they can't affect their outcome. And that's one of the things I say all the time 
Fantasy football is supposed to be fun. Like that Empire League, my oldest, couldn't do it because we're too cutthroat. There's too much craziness, too much vetoing, too much history, too much competition, too much ego, too much everything. Uh, Fantasy football needs to be fun. So whenever you're putting in instituting rules that can kind of get dirty, can kind of muddy things up, can take, make it unfun. While as cool as it is to uh, flex the muscle of opportunities that in ways leagues can go, be smart and know your audience, know your league mates, because at the end of the day, we're trying to, you're trying to have fun. We're, there's enough stress and pressure in the world. There's enough bad stuff. Don't make fantasy uh, another realm of negativity. But also you. know that there's always going to be that one douchebag who... Uh, you know, you just reject their trade and then something happens and then they're just going to be like, he's such a jerk. Alright, don't be that douchebag. I would love to be I would love to be in leagues with Houdini as the commissioner. I know you're great at it. Oh, yeah. I know you're great at it, but I'm sure you piss people off with your with your, with your Charlie taught me that. And this is also a great thing to know. If you're going to run a good league, you cannot get consensus. Yeah. You are never going to get consensus. Yeah. And or unanimous, especially. Especially. But <laughs> even like when I try, I try to do it where it's like, okay, when I was like first doing a deal with like, if someone made a trade, you, I said, okay, well, they're like, well, I don't know if it's fair. If you call, if you, if you, you and the person who are in the trade are, are out, now you need to call three other owners who are, are not involved, ask them if they approve. If three owners that you call approve, then the trade is approved. Then it got to the point where I had to manage that. Yeah, you That's had to stupid. Make the call. Why do I have to? Why, no, no, I didn't have to make the. Either I would have to make the call and do that, or I'd say you'd have to call these people and tell me that they approved, and then I would process the trade. But either way, it was more work for me. Yeah. So then I just said, you know what? Approve the trades. Um, there is no vetoing unless it's clear collusion. Unless you can prove to me that it's clear collusion, stick it up your ass. Um, no, and and you have to make hardline decisions. Because yeah. it's it's not a, a a democracy; it is a dictatorship. Run your league. I also think that when there is collusion, I mean, hey, commis- commissioner has full powers, but they have no chances of making the playoffs that season. That's it. it you can't buy your way back. I mean, so you're saying you're saying if there's collusion, both those two, both those players that were doing something behind the scenes, you're money out. donors, money donors. Wow. Thank you. And <laughs> that that is that. Yeah. Hey. You have you have a rule with an iron fist, but, but there's but those people would never ever admit to it. I know, but if some proof, I mean, what kind of proof do you need for collusion? That's something that's much different. Like if you know, there's obvious collusion when I trade you, Devontae. Imbalance trades become like you know. And usually, the way that I do it, here's how I approach it because this is these are all important things for commissioning leagues, though. Is that I would then I always before I rush to judgment on someone I see a crazy trade I say oh I see you made a trade can you just give me your rationale behind it Yep, explain this to me and then if they give me a, a, a rationale where it's like all right he actually believes this I cannot I cannot say that it was collusion All right so my thoughts on salary cap leagues there's so many different ways to go about it I mean you can think of salary cap leagues as DS, DFS weekly lineup leagues. So some people do redraft sort of, you know, salary caps. So every week you can only play a roster if it's under $200 in in roster space. Or you could do salary cap leagues like Houdini's talking about where you only have so much salary for the whole season and, you know, you do pickups and that goes into that in-season 
sort of thing, and then uh, up, and you could do trades and all that, and that takes up your in-season budget. But you know, there's so many different kinds of even salary cap leagues that we could talk about it as a whole show. I mean, just thinking about a redraft league where you have to piece together your roster. You might have the most dominant roster around, but you can't play them because you're under the salary cap for that, or you're over the salary cap that week. You have to sort of, you can't play Tom Brady and Adrian Peterson because it's over the salary cap. So you have to finagle different ways and find those you know diamonds in the rough. So salary cap leagues, there's so many different types of those, but it just provides an interesting dynamic to where you can, you know, make so many different roster decisions. And when you're an avid fantasy player, what you want is more roster decisions. Yeah. That's when, you know, the you give ed- yourself the edge. You you give yourself the edge, and you know the sharps can eat. You know, hey, you know this is this is a league full of guys who are supposed to know what they're doing. You know, if you make bad lineup calls, that's half the battle. And I mean, these these salary cap leagues are the trickle down of DFS. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where DFS is all built around salary cap, and uh, so these leagues that you're in like that. Now you've seen the the success and what you're saying, Stag Party. How um, it's really exciting, and, and it really kind of separates the the, the, the haves and the have-nots, the real the real dominators and the sharks from one another, and that's kind of what. I, DFS is all about. Uh, do you guys have anything else to say about uh, that? One thing we didn't mention, and maybe we did, but just quickly, is, um, or we don't have it on our list that I just added, was FAB. Um, yeah. Just a quick quick overview about FAB. Just It's another way of, of doing your uh, your pickup. Uh, you guys talk about it. What's that? Free agency? Free agent acquisition budget. Acquisition budget. And, uh, I like talk- to call it free agent apprehension budget because I'm stealing those motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what? And I'll tell you this: we, talk about it. It's a really fun way to oh, do it. But a lot of people have apprehension about it, and, and we were trying to that league I was talking about, the one that you always love me talking about. Yeah. We have we finally introduced it, and everyone fought us on it because they're like, because people would always like to have these where they could make crazy fifty, sixty dollar bids on players, you know, uh, to try to pick up in the middle of the season. But I'm like, we try to explain to them that it's, it's all about making it an even playing field. And so the first year we had a $200 fab. Nobody came close to going to, into the $200 fab. I'm like, the point of, of a fab is that you have to think about how much should Real I bid on this guy, right? Is this guy worth spending 30% of my acquisition, of all the money I have to pick up free agents for the entire year? Is this player worth that? And to give a little bit of background, basically FAB is a budget you're set at the beginning of the season, and instead of, for pickups, instead of being in a, uh, a waiver wire order, instead of being um, in cl- a claims order, instead of all that, each pickup week is an auction for these players. So after uh, Marshawn Lynch goes down and Rawls has a big game and you know that Rawls is open and available on that pickup and that same week I'm throwing this out there let's say another player like Willie Sneed has a great week and comes out of nowhere and now he's all of a sudden so we're in week five and Willie Sneed's doing stuff these two guys are both now you're as owners and you're in a 12-man league you have to say wow Rawls who knows if, if, if he's on a great offensive running team Marshawn's hurt Rawls could be a difference maker he could be a, a league winner I'm, I've got a hundred bucks. 
I'm going big on him. I think this is the guy. I'm throwing 40 bucks of all. I'm throwing 40% of my money, and I'm just throwing out numbers. Yeah. And a Sneed is like, oh, wow, I don't know if he's going to be able to hold this up. But you are taking a chance. And if you go big on a player, you are left with much less to play with down the season. So you're, it's really more of a game of risk and reward. And it's, it's kind of very exciting. Other than just being like, my team sucks. So I get the next pick, or uh, I haven't picked up, I haven't picked anyone up in the last six weeks, and every other team has. So I'm number one. This is more like put your money where your mouth is. Be use use your mindset and and, and take a chance and, and and take a gamble and put your money where your mouth is. Here's another reason why it's awesome. It's awesome for the teams that are bad. Okay, because where you're talking about, well, I'll put my money on 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 Rawls, or I'll put my my money on Sneed. You can put money on both those guys. Yeah, and you can actually get the top two uh, free agents that are out there. So because again, you put that scenario, all these other guys had spent all their money in the first six weeks of the season, and you were waiting, and now boom, and we all know rookie so and so has exploded onto the onto the scene, and they all have a maximum, and then you can look. What do they have? And you'll see it on the, on the site. What's left in their acquisition budget? Oh, everybody has spent their money. So out of the $100, uh, where I'm still sitting with 98 because I've only made two stupid $1 moves to pick up a defense and a kicker for a bye week, um, <laughs> that the next person's highest bid is only $45. Well, now whoever this other guy is, I'm going to spend $46, and he'll be mine. Then another guy who's awesome, I can also spend $30 on because – Everyone's spending all their, or I can spend twenty because they're all spending it on this other guy, and boom! Now you got two guys. Can I say one thing though? Are there leagues with fab money where it's truly like an auction? You can outbid each other, or it's a one. It's always just a one-time set. It's a blind bid. You set, and one the winner's done. There's if never they like tie, a situation. It goes usually to the team with the lower points, if worst record, or if the records are the same, worst points gets the player. And in addition to that. I think there's also a strategy some people play where you can pick players up for zero fab if you wait till later in the week, or some people make you spend at least one dollar. So if you don't have any dollars left, then you know you need a You're defense to stream in week 16 in the fucking championship. There's no you you can't. I I don't like the zero fab bid because it's like that's the whole idea. Once you get to zero, you cannot add any more players. You are out of Bids. Yeah. That's why it's like the guy in my league who had the kicker who was who was hurt in, yeah. the, in the championship. He was out of fab money. <laughs> he was out of fab money four weeks earlier. He actually made it through the entire playoffs without a kicker. Has there ever been a story <laughs> you've heard of where a guy allowed someone else cockhold style to bang his wife for some fab money? I don't know about it, but I'm sure in, in some high money. Sounds like some happening. Hulk Hogan. Uh, some Hulk Hogan. Oh, holla! Fun. Oh, Reddit. You love the you love it when I talk about this stuff, you redditors. <laughs> so, yo, hang on. Well, this feels weird. Are you are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? Last th- dumb thing I'll say of the night. No, but <laughs> do you think people that drive sobs are better at fab? No. Because <laughs> they get the AA together. No. <laughs> How about people that are in AA? Are they better at fab? Well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what about if you have a fob to get into your office? Are you better a fan? <laughs> Max, I like it. Thank you for matching my stupidity. Uh, I'm always I there to take it that. to the other level. People with you. usually don't like to do that. <laughs> I mean, 
there is still some strategy with the zero, the zero bids. Because you think a guy, you know, you're picking them up later in the week. You know, you don't have to spend the money. You know, just just to keep it fair. I mean, anybody can no. pick them up after the waiver sort of passes, as long as he's not on waivers himself from being dropped. You know, and then there's also, you know, you could. Maybe but wouldn't limit, you also be able to do pickups per week, and maybe, and then maybe you also just do, you know, there's different ways. I mean, that still gives the ability to make that too weak, too early pickup, and not have to spend a dollar on it. See, but that's what I don't like. I don't want you foreshadowing and being able to go, oh, okay, I want to take a chance, and I'm going to zero fab this guy. No, you zero, you get nothing. <laughs> Oh, I wish we had. I wish we had some video <laughs> of the last minute of Houdini. Get, Houdini's getting riled up. I love I'm shame sticking him right yeah. now. <laughs> he's spicy. Shame, shame. And now he's putting his feet up on where the mic is. I'm, crack, I'm, crack, hey, I'm, I'm making muscles. Hey, last this, this is this is this is the last one for he's three. Go, weeks. He's going, I, all I'm out. going all out. I'm going out. We're style. really gonna miss you. <laughs> all right, let's move to the white for the love of God, man, be careful. Ever since normally, this is corny man, for Christ's sake. <laughs> you missed the beginning. Give me the mic, man. I love it. Um, let's do, I'll let you guys talk quickly. Uh, IDP. Let's do a quick IDP uh, discussion. It leagues an individual defensive player. Uh, it's a totally different element where instead of you doing, picking a defense that's a team, uh, you're not picking the Patriots, you're picking players within it. I know you guys play it a lot more than I do. Let's quickly talk about that as an option to the players out there. You know, this is again, this this show isn't about strategy for these types of league. It's more of for maybe a layman or maybe someone that's trying to do a, uh, put a little bit of a different nuance to their. League. I would say that IDP is not for a layman. Yeah, you're that's you're because then you, both sides of the ball. You're learning both sides of the ball. So um, IDP is, is is great though because. What's if you want individual defensive players, so I think if you want to start to dabble into it, I got a, I was in a, a, another league that was really cool about how they did it with IDP. So you have your normal um, starting roster where you're starting, uh, but we didn't, you didn't start, we didn't have a kicker, and we didn't have a, um, no, we did have a kicker, but no defense. So you started two individual defensive players, so two IDP players. So that's a total of what ten players that you're starting. Now, the really interesting thing about this, you only had a 13-man roster. So, what would happen is, is that this is why I thought this was, is a great idea for uh, people that are, are, want to dabble into the IDP. Because what will happen is everyone is drafting then the best top linebackers. But what's going to happen when their bye week comes up? Are you going to drop one of your offensive players? And maybe you would because you're going to be put in a dilemma. So it becomes like a whole other interesting, what do I do? And what happens is a lot of times, unless your defensive player is one of the top ones, or even if he's like 15th or whatever, you're like, well, everyone only has two. Mm-hmm. So you'll drop that defensive guy and then pick somebody up and then wait for the next guy that has a bye week and they're going to drop their defensive player and I'm going to scoop their guy up. Um, I mean, Interesting strategy with the short bench, with the short bench. So- the thing is, when you do, when you only do two IDP players and that's it, it's how you balance out the scoring for each position. I mean, because you know, if you weigh sacks more heavily than interceptions, or weigh sacks the same as interceptions, you know, sacks are more likely to come than interceptions. Predicting who gets the interceptions, you know, that's tough to do. 
So, you know, weighing the scoring properly for individual defensive players, depending on how you do it. I mean, yes. in some leagues, you know, you're starting pretty much full 11-man defenses with two, two DTs. Well, and well that, that's not, crazy. Not 11-man. I'm, I'm, I'm in the most ridiculous. So you, we start seven defensive players. So you've got two, two at each level. Two D-line, two linebackers, uh, two defensive backs. What's the? Th- flex. Flex? Flex defense? Flex defense. Okay. I mean, that's interesting. That's sort of a lot of defensive players on its own right. And then the question is, how do you balance that sometimes? Mm-hmm. Because you can go for the sack artists like J.J. Watt, who, you know, in some defensive so here's how we here's how a normal uh, point uh, structure works for IDP players. It's usually a point for a solo tackle, half a point for an assisted tackle. Um, a sack is worth two points, which essentially becomes three because it's Two points for the sack plus one point for the tackle. Mm-hmm. Uh, interception also worth two points. A pass defended worth a half a point. So that's if a guy bats a ball down. Um, and then a forced fumble is also worth a uh, half a point. Fumble recovery was worth, um, I think that's, that was also worth a half a point. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing, even between forced fumbles and fumble recoveries. Because forced fumbles are a skill. And fumble recoveries are luck. F- fucking luck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that that's something to take and consider too. Like, you know, you're looking at numbers from last year. Just remember, fumble recoveries aren't guaranteed to come. I mean, some players are better at being around the ball than others, but that's not something that's usually predictive. The truth is, I'm not an IDP guy, but I know that I've learned from talking in, in shows and in fantasy, just in general, from you guys in times past. It's kind of similar to in, um, in, in real football with the salaries and, and going for guys real early or, um, as it is in fantasy football where like the, the Watts of the world are, are great and you go early for them. But at the same time, haven't you always told me, Houdini, that there's just – you go – fantasy football is a lot different. You go with – there's a lot of a different type of player that you're looking for um, when you're doing IDP well, for to example, really bring your points, they're on worse teams. They're on. They're or, in a different position. Go. Yeah, you know yeah. more than me. But Think I, of it this way, okay? Rookie defensive players, especially defensive backs, get more opportunities. They are getting picked on by quarterbacks. Yeah. So they have more chances. They may suck, and if they suck, they're going to score you more fantasy points because. They're going to let the guy make the catch. They're going to get a tackle. That's a point. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to eventually knock a ball yeah, away. Marcus Peters. <laughs> so, yeah. and, then, and then there's the other thing that we call the Champ Bailey effect. So when Champ Bailey had come in, remember, he was so dominant. So if you had drafted him, though, and played him when he was a rookie or his second year, same thing with Daryl Rivas. They put up awesome numbers because quarterbacks were like, screw you. I'm going to prove I'm better than you. And they were throwing at him every week, and they made him look silly. And then what happened is like what has the same thing happened when Deion Sanders. You just don't, you just don't throw to that side he, of the he, field. Peterson, uh, or, uh, uh, Sherman, uh, Sherman now, um, uh, Richard, Richard Sherman. Um, you don't get what about Honey up. Badger? Is he at a point where now safeties are safe, better? Safeties. Safety. See, this is where it's also They're becomes. Is the, this is also the different strategy. So in the defensive back, you want the bad defensive back who's young. He'll get picked on. <laughs> then you want to have like that, or like Stags. You were saying uh, forcing the ball out as a skill. Charles Tillman. Yeah. Look at Charles Tillman from when he was on the Bears through that whole run. He was like forcing like 10 fumbles a year. He was also intercepting passes. Returning. He was also returning them for touchdowns. Yeah. Like, 
that guy was like ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but those safeties can be like like for me, one of the guys who I drafted in my in my league as a rookie in my third round pick, second to last pick, Harrison Smith. That guy scores. So many defensive fantasy points at the defensive back position. He's always like top five every year. Well, you know now he's like he's the highest paid. I know player, paid yeah. safety in the league. Here, here's our one maybe stat of the day about uh, the Honey Badger. Okay, he's the only player with over 65 tackles uh, solo to have only single digit assisted tackles. So they left him out on an island. And he was able to just do crazy things. And I hope he comes back healthy because he was one of the most dynamic players to watch on the defensive side of the ball last year. How many, uh, how many like passes defended and intercepted? Thirteen. Thirteen. When you say that picks. Thirteen pass defense. I want you to understand, D-Rex. That's a lot. Yes. That is a lot. And I love the way you say. I just hope he can stay healthy, which he didn't last yeah, year. Right. Because Troy Polamalu, same thing. When you get these guys, that you're like when you're just like Sanders, who was a little smaller, but, but these all these guys are a little, little small. Ball. <laughs> yeah, but all these guys are a little small. But they're just saying, we're putting you on that island. Go be a ball hawk. Hit the crap out of people. Be scared, dude. You got to be everything. Uh, where that that that's super exciting. So we might if if if, if we might if, if Jake Davidow, sports injury predictor, we might be on air for another pick. I know. I've been. He's, I, it, I've been pushing after, people. It's after his bedtime though. He seems to go. Yeah. He seems to, he's he's it, an East Coast he's, guy. He's the only guy that's gonna screw us up here. But if not, we might have two picks. Uh, in the Scott Which would be pretty sweet. That would be so awesome. we've already talked we about... We have no idea what we're going to do with the next pick. No, not yet. We can go anywhere. This show would be four And hours. by the way, I just, want, <laughs> I just want to throw a teaser out there. So I have a league I want to talk about that I was introduced to today that I think is the most hilarious anti-league to do. Tell me more. So I have to give credit. I'm out riding today uh, uh, with a new uh, prospective employee that, uh, of mine. Uh, so to Parag Dave, I will throw this out. He came out. He said, "I was thinking about joining my friend's league. He called it the Jamarcus Russell League." That's classy. Okay, that, are you are you you're intrigued a little bit? The idea to win the Jamarcus Russell League is to have the worst team. So you want to? So you get penalized for touchdowns. You get penalized for for for, for yardage. You get bonus. For like fumbles, interceptions, this, that, and the wow. other. Like, How do you set that up, though? Do they have I, to be starters, or can I play players yes. that don't? No, even no, no. Play? <laughs> so, like, if they're if you're drafting a wide receiver, they have to either be on the depth chart one, two, three, or four. But so, you want, but you you get penalized for touchdowns, so you right, want so, a good so team. Like, right, no, no, no. You get you get so like you negative six for touchdowns. Yes, you lose points for touchdowns. You get you get huge points for fumbles. Do you want? You uh, want? Yeah, you want the yeah. idiots? Okay, so you don't want the least. So amount you want Brandon LaFell? I got okay. So you don't want the least amount you of points. You get points. You get points for drops. You get points for for every negative stat that's out there. You get positive points for. So think about the strategy. Round one. Think about round one. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you drafting? Because, but they have to. They can't. So I was. That was my question to him. I go. Well, why can't I just draft like all you know, just complete bums off the street? Take zeros every week. He's like, no, because like it's like wide receivers. It's four Uh, quarterbacks. You have to draft a starting quarterback. Uh, running backs, it's it's one two. You're going to fill a whole roster, so it's it's 
Um, so who's, who's, the, like, who's, who's, like, the, who's the who what who what quarterback? Who's the best yeah. quarterback in this league? He said Mark Sanchez. Yeah, maybe if he's the starter. Uh, I said I said I would go Jared Goff because I want that rookie who's going to make the mistakes. I'm going to get burned a couple times, but I think he's going to have sitting in the pocket too much, get forced fumbles on him. He's going to he's, he's just going to be like that or like Blake Bortles. Back in the day, I would have wanted Dave Craig. <laughs> Dave Craig fumbled more than everybody every year, and he was a quarterback. Oh, yeah. I mean, Blake Bortles. I mean, it, it sort of depends how heavily you weight the offense. Well, Blake Bortles, though, with the fourth, you don't want a four thousand yard pass on your team. I know. Bortles <laughs> in, in the in the Scott Fishbowl in a lot of leagues. He, remember, I told you, you're like Bortles still available. Like, no, Taz, fantasy Taz took him. You're like, yeesh. It was, well, he went like fifth quarter. There's no, sixth. there's no points, negative points. No, I know, I, I get it, I get it, but I mean. I'm you, you don't want that guy. You want Jamarcus Russell. You want that guy. Right, yeah. yeah, I think you might want... I think you might want... RG3. RG3, if he plays all 16, that could be one of those... RG3. Yes. I mean, Jay Cutler is a good one. Unless he, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. He Bridgewater. I know. No, no, but, but you know what, though? But he will throw a little bit more, and he still makes mistakes in the pocket. He's not... You want the guys... So, I don't know. Pull, maybe you can pull up the stats well, right well, now. We don't need if to you can pull up like stats, like who concept. are like the who are like the most fumble. Uh, I love the concept. Yeah. Well, Marcus Mariota had the most fumbles among quarterbacks last season. But I wouldn't want to take him because he's going to be taking his game yeah. to another level. So that's hilarious. Isn't that awesome? I, I, I like it. I don't think I would. My mind can't it's go too that much way. Of a mind fuck. It is. It <laughs> is. It's like, if I was in if if I was in that league, I couldn't be in any other league because you can't be like. Yeah, oh, dude, he no. fumbled. No, 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 yeah. You know how hard it is, and you got no. these guys cross. I think if you did that league, so many leagues. you do that with only one other league. You just do two leagues because because it is it is a complete mind effort. But you know what you do? You can you can almost like Same draft one team. team and then and then no no not, or or just like or kind of like hedge your bets on all the other things on, on the guys that you're like go hard for your for your one that you want to win and just be like, well. But if he sucks, whatever, I'll, I'll draft him here too, or this, that, or whatever, and I'm gonna cover my ass. Year one, I would draft the exact. I would try to draft the exact <laughs> same team ball. So when they fuck up, I'm like totally killed in the other league. <laughs> so Matt Jones would be your first overall pick. <laughs> Maybe. Matt, Maybe. Jo- Matt Jones, I'm slurping. I love that guy. I was bummed out when I saw he was picked. Uh, Melvin, Melvin Gordon for me, thank you. Oh yeah. Yeah, maybe. Do you get points for how many uh, holes you <laughs> You know what? I don't know. 16. Maybe, maybe they could also like, uh, like if your guy gets concussed, you also get like a positive points for oh, concussion. Oh, I can't oh, do that. Think about yeah, that. Oh, okay. How that. are you going to track it on a website? I don't so know. So let's, let's talk about, you know, a I different. Like it. Nice work on that. Let's good. talk oh, about Parag. Give it up to Parag. Parag. Uh, how? Let's talk about an interesting style of league that's basically quarterback and all flex. So you could do whatever the hell you want with your roster. If you're a wide receiver guy, you know, be a wide receiver guy. You just have to find ways to make the scoring sort of even. So it it takes a little bit of work in the background, but maybe you do uh, one point for every eight yards rushing, and then you do like half point PPR for receivers, no PPR for running backs. And then you do a full point PPR for tight ends. That's one way to get them pretty close. I mean, you need to make small fractional changes here and there. But what do you call that? Standardizing? Uh, or um, yeah. equalizing? 
that's equalizing positions. Equalizing. Standardizing is a little bit different. We'll work on some standardizing stuff uh, later down the line. But, uh, I mean, it's just interesting because you're a wide receiver guy. Yeah. I'm a running back guy. So I'd be able to start Houdini all wide likes receivers. his tight ends. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, you could start all wide receivers. So if you want to play run and shoot, play run and shoot. If you want to, you know, have a varied lineup, you could do that. If you want to play all, all tight ends, it's just the usual thing is you have to have one quarterback, maybe two quarterbacks. So that way it's a little bit more balanced on how you draft them. It's just it's just fun, you know. That's I wouldn't play in an all flex money league. How would how would you how many uh, roster spots would you, is it the same or is it less? I mean, it sort of depends. You go a little bit smaller. less. What I mean, it depends how big your all flex league is because you could do sixteen players all flex, and that way you're really thinking about the pick when you make it. But yeah. it's not. But it's not going to be. A, it's not going to be a best ball. No, no, you have to start it. I mean, so maybe you have 16 starters and 20 on on 20 uh, slots. So you're really sitting there thinking about it. You're also having to consider bye weeks and maybe, you know, not having a guy there or having to drop a valuable asset at maybe one position in order to pick up somebody to fill out your roster. This is going to be a great uh, pillar piece for our Pyro Pro. OC, I know you're listening, baby. Let's find out, let's find the greatest way and actually have a scoring system for this well, for this uh, all flex league that kind of balances out and equalizes opportunity. You want to know how it's very hard for me and my crew of friends to equalize how many Valverdes I can drink compared to them. So I'll tell you in my in my main league that I've been doing since in different versions since '91 um, that has been in its in, uh, its current form since 1998. That was always been the, the the key is how do I make it so that I wanted it to be that when everyone's drafting running backs from 1998 through 2008, I'm like. How can we make it so that we can get people to start drafting wide receivers in the first round, um, to start drafting tight ends in the first round? And and this is a league that we don't go by the, the decimals, so we do get 80 to 80 ties. But this is also the league that is a 17... Jump, jump off the side of it. Hang building. on. It's a 17-week regular season, so you're deciding everything, and it's you have much more uh, room to, to have these problems. And the ties in this league are hilarious when they happen. So, but... <laughs> The way that we do it is so. I, number one, running first off. If you're not first, you're, you're last. <laughs> so we. Uh, it was initially like when I first incepted, uh, started the inception of the league. Running backs didn't get points uh, uh, until they got to 80 yards. <laughs> now it's uh, then it was 50. Now it's 40 yards, and it's the same thing for wide receivers because I, I kept I keep looking at it every year. I keep looking at the stats. Where are people going? And, and we've talked about it in all these podcasts: the thousand yard receivers versus the thousand yard running backs. So there's no reason to differentiate between running backs and wide receivers anymore. So they don't start scoring any points until they get to 40 yards. Once they hit 40, it's two points, and it goes up one point for every um, 10 yards after that. The points per reception do not kick in for running backs or wide receivers until they get to five. Once they get to five, that's worth a point, and then it's one more point for every catch. Tight ends, once they get to 30 points, they get two points. 30, 30 yards. 30 yards, I'm yeah. sorry. Yes, 30 yards. Yeah, not 30 points. 30 yards, they get two points. 
and points per reception start for them at three. So now all of a sudden, when I start looking at, you know, and, and the way that I was kind of looking at it was not saying that they have to have the top end potential be the same for each position, but what I wanted it to be was this. We start one quarterback, and quarterbacks obviously score more points than everybody else. So the way that I initially thought about it was, well, I want whatever the quarterbacks score, the two running backs together should average about the same, the three wide receivers should average about the same, and as far as the tight end, I just want to bring their points up so it's, it's closer to average. And it's, it's actually worked, and what's happened is once we added in the – and I agree with your saying. I love the, the, the quarterback with all those positions because then it doesn't matter. Because what I did was it was the same, almost the same type of thing. I have the normal standard league and then add a flex position. When you add that extra flex position, what I found was I thought, well, everyone's going to start a running back or everyone's going to start a wide receiver. It's every week. Three people are starting out of 12 teams. The three or four people are starting uh, running backs. Three or four people are starting uh, 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 wide receivers, and the other ones are starting tight ends. Yeah, are you looking for safety of just needing 30 yards, or are you looking for you know more uh, of a player who can score more if you're playing a running back or a wide receiver? And that's just an interesting strategy thing. And just the flex in general, like when positions are more equally scored and you're playing – you know, where it's sort of even across all positions to where if you don't stack a position in the draft, you still, you know, can be competitive every week with your flex. I think that's that, that's important. And, you know, Stephen Will has a question on Facebook. He's like, hey, you know, so how, have you guys found a nice way to make positions all relatively equal? So we've sort of touched on this a little bit. Let's read the rest of his question and sort of get into it. So, a league I commission uh, is looking to set up like so. Two quarterbacks, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, two flex, kicker defense. Fuck those guys. Um, and, you know, some of his scoring system that he's talking about is .25 points per carry, um, full PPR for, I assume, running backs and receivers, and then 1.5 uh, to tight end receptions. So... Any improvements on this? The one thing I said is, you know, the one per eight rushing yards. Because that, okay, so hypothetical situation. Yeah. Throw out some numbers here. Adrian Peterson rushes 20 times for 20 yards. Is that a good game? No. Okay. And .25 points, that's what, seven points? You know, five, and, five for the carries, right? 20 yards. We'll say he didn't score and he didn't do anything receiving. So that's seven points. But if you do it, you know, one for every eight, then you're looking at two and a half points. You know, because it's a crappy game. Let's face it. I mean, but, you know, with the passing game so far surpassing the rushing game in today's NFL, you know, rushing yards are potentially worth more and they might be worth more to teams and how they actually win football games yeah it's you know again it's like are you trying to even the field it's, it's when you add yeah, in no go ahead yeah, here's what I was going to say I've been in a lot of leagues where it's like we're in a quarterback heavy league yeah it's, it's so annoying and you're sitting there sit around collaborate Figure it out, like you guys were talking about earlier. Get everyone in the room. Go have dinner and have some brews. And what kind of league do we want? Because mm-hmm. I've got people. There's always complaint. Oh, and now with now we you've taken down tight ends in a lot of leagues over the last you know 
set seven years to be so they're more valuable. And now tight ends are catching more. So now that they're they're kind of double valuable because of some of the rule sets you've done over the last seven to five years. Now it's like, oh geez, now this is tight ends are worth so much. We did this because there was only two of them in, in you know in, in two thousand and eight and now these friggin' guys are all awesome, blah blah. And you just gotta sit around with your league mates and if you're not in leagues that you can have these kind of discussions. You're not in leagues that you can talk about new rules and new opportunities and new ways to take the league year in and year out. Then, in all honesty, find new leagues. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it, as much as it's great to be in your old leagues, but if everyone's just so hard set and you try and come up with new rule sets, and they're just like, no, 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 I want to live in the, I want to live in, uh, you know, <laughs> 1999, yeah, 2001. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes you just gotta be like, you know what? There's so many leagues. I've made new friends. I whatever. Amen. You got a new slot. And I tell you what, if you want to run a successful league where people are enjoying being in it, it has to be competitive. It has to have balance. It has to have all the right things. And, and I'll tell you, that league that I've been doing, again, since 1998, we probably make rule changes on, like, major rule changes on average once every three to four years. Yeah. We're there, we're because it's just, it's called an evolution of the game. So as the game evolves, we need to evolve our game to mimic that game. And again, to keep the balance amongst all the positions. So it's like, you don't want it to become where it's like, oh, I know how to win this league. I just need to get these guys because it's, the rules are slanted in their favor. Every year, and, and, and traditionalists will complain about this, but every year the NFL changes its rule set. The the, the field goal, at, or the extra point last year went, what, an extra 10, 10 yards? No more... Uh, oh, we didn't have a two-point conversion for how yeah, long? It, now now teams are saying they might go two-point conversion. The rules changes. The NBA just changed the rules. No hack-a-shack anymore. Right. No, just the, the leagues do this. So why would the fantasy leagues not follow suit? Yeah, I mean, I think there's just so many different rule sets you could go with. But just basically, if you're trying to equalize scoring, I don't know if that's the best way. I mean, does equal scoring matter? I mean, really. If you want to make the league more competitive, I think what you do is you don't really worry about anything. You add more flex spots and you add more bench spots. Well, no, so you're, you're playing right. with deeper rosters and you're having to make lineup decisions. But I think what it, what's important is adding all these extra flex spots. And this is all great because now we're coming back to that whole general thing where you said, okay, what happens if we have a league where we start one quarterback and it's all flex? And, and that 16-team league I'm in with Charlie Don't Surf, we have – there are – he first initiated like three or four different variants, but basically that's what the league is. <laughs> I can go pro-wide. I can go quarterback, five wide receivers. I can go quarterback, three running backs, one wide receiver, one tight end. I can go uh, three tight ends, uh, one wide receiver. one. I, I have any variations that I want to do. But what's great about it is that the balance of the positions is there because then it, it's at least saying it doesn't matter what your depth is. It's... You know what? What are you? Are you able to read matchups? Are you able to dissect what's the best thing for the week? And have you built your roster in the best way possible? Because you know, in that league too, we can start two quarterbacks. But this is not a quarterback happy league. You know, you talk about one point for every twenty-five yards. This is one point for every fifty yards. Um, it's still four point touchdowns, uh, four points for a touchdown. 
So having those, you know, sometimes quarterbacks will score you four points on a week. Sometimes they'll score you negative four because it's still negative, negative wow. two points for an interception. So take it as you will. They they balance each other out so that. And we also get points for, it's insane, we get points for return yards, punt and, and kick. So you have so many different factors, but it evens all the things out. It gives weight to certain guys, and again, like you said, Stags, what all it's doing is creating so many more different ways that you can construct a lineup to let it just be organic to you, and hey, you can win with, with four tight ends. I can win with five wide receivers. God bless. Couple things about your uh, your your boy, um, the, the, his his uh, Jamarcus Russell league. Yeah, yeah. Arrests could be like huge points. Yeah. <laughs> the, the amount suspensions of for drugs. Suspensions for drugs. <laughs> if it happens there, during the season, you can't <laughs> draft an already suspended. No, no, no. Would have to happen during the season. So, so many great things. Oh man, dude, I love this league. I want, um, I want to play this league. <laughs> I think we're pretty close to exhausting. Maybe we, uh, if we think we didn't cover. I think you need first. to cover your yeah, rookie league. My rookie league is kind of where we're gonna where we can close out. Well, um, let me let me let me first have okay. a Day. Oh, did that. But doctors, does they have the right to end old people's lives? That's euthanasia. Why is it the responsibility of the euthanasia for killing someone else? Surely it's between that patient and the doctor. Euthanasia is the term that's used when you are killing. It's a nice word for killing. Well, whatever. You were saying that it's mainly Asian youths. That no, is... no, 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 no. Does you think that they're responsible for this? You don't also agree with this? Who's responsible for it? No. The euthanasia. I think we're getting confused here. Euthanasia comes from the Greek word for death. Let me understand what you were saying. You were saying that it got nothing to do with young people in Asia. You were saying that there's some doctors here who may be from Asia who do this. That's correct, but they could also be from the United States. But they're mainly from Asia. No, 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 no. The no. ones that are there behave themselves no. very well. No, no the Asians, the no. Asians they have nothing have to do Absolutely Asia. no evidence that the Asians do it more than... Jeez, <laughs> 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 oh, my favorite by far. Can I be honest? In my Tinder game, and I brought it up today in, in our meeting, Stag Party, I have had better success in meeting the people that I get hooked up with via Tinder. Literally, all the connection I look, it's Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Like, it's That's like, good. I look and like, I like this girl. Sasha Baron, like it. That guy is the greatest. So then what's your I'll, opening line if you're using Borat as your uh, no, your no, go-to? Go to Ali G. You're going to Borat. Well, hey. You're going to Borat. <laughs> Again, I said this on past podcasts. If you, well, Borat's friggin' unbelievable movie. Uh, but if you are listening to this and you're not really an Ali G person, and maybe it's not your style, but check out the YouTubes on Ali G, buy the DVDs, listen to the DVDs, maybe it's on Netflix still, but God, Ali G is some of the most side-splitting, like right there, euthanasia. Do you want another so one? He's a genius. He's a friggin' genius. Do one more and then I'll go into my old rookie league. What is it all about? Technology. What is that all about? Is it good or is it whack? 
there is a bloke from around my hood, Staines, called Rainbow Jeremy, who rejects everything to do with science. He just chill at home, he smokes his own homegrown, and check this, he don't have a telly. Mm-hmm. I ain't shitting you. He don't have a telly. Yeah. He lives in a house, though. Yeah. You and should, that you house should. is a product of technology. No, he ain't got no technology in it. You can check out his website. He ain't got house nothing itself. in it. He's got a website. And he house wears clothes, shoes, what? he eats food. As computers made our lives better. I don't think there's any question about it. Will computers ever be able to work out what nine nine multiplied by nine 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 Point eight eight nine nine eight eight nine 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 over sandwiches. <laughs> what? You got, you got the other one? No. We got one. No, we got one more. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You got the other What else is the election going to be for on this year? It'll probably be about Iraq. Does you think that That's Saddam's ever was able to make these weapons of mass destruction or whatever, or as they is called, BLTs? The, was Saddam able to make them? Could he make BLTs? Yes. At one time, he was using BLTs on the Kurds in the north. Was it worth fighting a war over BLTs? I don't think Saddam Hussein and Iraq were a threat to the United States, even if they had... WMDs or BLTs as long as they weren't nuclear weapons. If you had the evidence that Saddam had these BLTs in his house, would you have said yes, attack? Not unless he had, if he had anthrax, if he had mustard gas. Whatever you put in them. No, no. If he had mustard gas, no. Let's say he didn't have mustard and the BLTs just was plain. Would you have been able to go in there then? No. Is it ever worth fighting a war over sandwiches? <laughs> the best part is as bad you can. And the first thing he agrees with yes, he did have BLTs first time. Oh, God, that's great. Uh, Alright, we gotta close yeah. this out. I mean, this is actually gonna be a short podcast for us, which is great. Um, I did want to say a couple okay, quick things about Take Take us back to fantasy. Yeah, let's go to fantasy. We got, me and Houdini have gone a little crazy. It's been a good day for us. Our completion rate is gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be nearly zero. You love us? <laughs> you love us or you don't? And when people love us, and if you don't, sorry. <laughs> so, 
So a couple things about keeper leagues. Some things I like, you guys might not like. So I don't really like when you draft, you know, you draft this year, and then next year your keepers don't have assigned, you know, round values. So if they're the first three picks in your draft, I don't really like that. You know, you just keep the three best players. You don't get to play the strategy game of which player do I keep, you know, based on the round or plus two rounds, plus one round, whatever it may be. Especially when you can keep guys you pick up off the waiver wires. So I like that option of keeper leagues. And, yeah, I, I, I do like it. It keeps people more involved. And it, it might allow you to extend your trade deadline by a week. Because if you could trade a guy and then he can keep him, but give you a guy for a stretch run because he might not have anybody else, you know, that's something that also makes sense. But you might have to give up one of your values for potentially a better player. And it's just something that keeps it a little more interesting a little longer. And that those are my general thoughts on keepers. So a quick advice, and I've said this in a, a podcast a while ago, is if you're in a keeper league and some of the guys like Jordy Nelson that got hurt before the season – a guy like Calvin Benjamin that got hurt before the season. Um, great, if your rules allow it, great keepers to take a guy like that where you can draft him in like the 17th, 18th, very end of the draft. And then all of a sudden, a guy in my league, I was going to do this, but I just waited too long. I think Jordy was wearing a 22-round uh, draft in, in my big money league. I was going to take Jordy like at 20, 21, and a guy took him at 17. That was last year. He's out for the season. This year, Jordy Nelson's a 15th round pick. So think about things like that. We don't want wish injuries on anybody, but think about something like that. If your league allows it, make do, and you can do for next year. And if you're a commissioner and your league allows it, shame on you. I'm giving... You, the same shame, shame thing that that Stag, I'm not the commission. that Stag was given to me earlier. I'm not the commission. I hate that. If you have a guy like that, you need to reclu- re- just recluse them, uh, recuse them from. Recluse? Yeah, recluse. I don't know. I'm making up words. Recuse them from being drafted, and they're held to the next year. Like for example, last year when Kelvin Benjamin went down uh, in, in my uh, dynasty league, he is going to be a, a free agent. Uh, into the auction this year. So we'll see what his, what his actual market value is. You don't want to have a, a guy like that where everyone's building their team for this year, then someone grabs him for $2. I mean, what happens when that's like a guy, what if that was Adrian Peterson in his second year? And now you allowed someone to get him at unfair market price. That's what that's what's important about being commissioner. Think about that. Think about, about keeping it so that the fact is that it's, people are going at fair market value. Don't let people game your system. You are owning it. Don't get consensus. Be a dictator. Run your league. Michael Chiklis himself, the commish, spoken true. But I have hair. Yeah. So, uh, I know. So you guys want to hit up our last Facebook question? Yeah, and then, yeah. I'll do, and then I'll do my final, uh, my, my uh, old school league. And we've talked about auctions briefly today. We also talked about them a little bit. Uh, a couple weeks ago on the mailbag question yeah. uh, questionnaire, mm-hmm. so we're not going to talk too much about general strategy with the auctions. So let's uh, let's hit up Jared Tabor. Uh, he commissions a 14-team half PPR league, divided up into two divisions. Uh, he feels like a 14-team league works out great. Everyone plays each other once during the regular season. First place team in each division receives a buy into the playoffs. Uh, 
But now he's also going to start a keeper league uh, with 12 teams. Half point, PPR. Um, you can keep three players, but only two at one position. Keep the players as long as you want. So I guess this means they're just the first three picks of your draft. Yeah. So I think we, yeah, we hit covered, on that a little we, bit. We did cover that. <laughs> um, so he, what he came up with is the regular season is 12 weeks long, but he came up with the idea of having week 12 be the position round. So basically the position round is when the first place team plays the second place team, the third place team plays the fourth place team, and so on. And that sort of sets your seeds for the playoffs. Uh, this will make you know week 12 a make or break kind of week going into the playoffs. The top two teams get a bye in the first round of the playoffs. And then the championship is played out over weeks 15 and 16. Highest combined score wins the championship. And now they're also going to add the Empire Pot to this, which is won by winning the league two years in a row. I do like the Empire factor, but you've got to find a way to limit, I mean, no trades for, you know, the winner. So say in the second year, since you redraft a totally new team, you know, you've got to do at least no trades, right? That's what I say. Because he could just draft a dominant team, and then you're not going to get a chance to let this thing build. And then I mean, yeah. when it's a dynasty league and you sort of got the same players year in and year out, it's much different because you're playing for a two-year window. And you're just your strategy now could be five years down the line mm-hmm. that I'm going to have a two-year window. And that's something you could do. But when you're drafting next year, you know, that guy's going to go all in. But then, say, Team 12, you know, Team 12 was the worst team last year. And they're like... Uh, I'm going to do a little rebuild. I've got three young keepers. And then you've got a fucking tanker. And yeah. It, like, then you're giving that guy more odds as a chance to win this Empire pot. And I think that's something a little bit to concern. So you got to find ways to limit him yeah. because you're doing a redraft league after your keepers. That sounds like, uh, Jared, you're one of our homies. Uh, big fan of you. Thanks for all the support you give us uh for Pyro Pro and being on Facebook and whatnot, but that sounds like a league that you'll probably have to tinker with kind of year to year until you really find that sweet spot and you really feel like you've got everything covered and, and feel like the league's pretty dope across all levels. It's kind of nutty. Well, let me say this because one of the things that he's talking about this, uh, you know, uh, having it be where the first place team plays the second place team. I, I, I get where you're I get where you're going because I do this in the league, but it's different than that. And it's my one that goes 17 weeks through the regular season. So in that league, you okay, so think of it. You have 17 weeks, 12 teams, five teams in your division that you have to play against. You play everyone in your division once or twice. So you so that's ten that's ten of your games. And you play the entire other division each team once. Uh, so that's 16. So the final week, though, this is what's so interesting where, where we have these ties and we have this whatever, and it's, it's 17 weeks, but it's, it's always three teams that are in vying for the final playoff spot in that final week of the season. But instead of one playing two or whatever, it's the divisions. One versus one, two versus two, three versus three. So wow. now you think about like how much, now look at how much jumping can happen for playoff positions and not and, and this is one where where seating is so important because we do like the redraft in our in our playoffs, so because we're going 17 weeks, that 
you know, or even if you just did it in a regular league, that's going to get you more jumping. Not one versus two. It's one versus one. Two versus two. So does the loser of one versus one is he number two? Well, no, no. It's 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 your it's still division winners because okay, he's totally. still doing division winners, which is how we do it as well. But the fact is, if you're the, the team that's one game behind or a half game behind or one game behind or you're tied with the, the team that has the most points and they're playing the division winner on the other side and now you get to know that they have to play the hardest team in the league and in the last week of the season, I'm going to jump you. I'm going to get the bye week. Eh, eat it. I plan it out that's all like right. That's like big dick league. That's just basically like one against one. That's the ego. Let's yeah, do this. It is. We're the, we're, the, we're the alpha against alpha and you're in and, and alpha, it's like, it's like a, it's gorillas in the mist league. It is. You play to win and that's how I love it because it's like in that last week of the season, there, you're, it's basically you're saying, here's the best team in the other division. Here's a potential Super Bowl matchup. Here are the two best teams. You play each other in Week 17. Let's see what you each got against each other. That's cool. And you could potentially, and always, and almost invariably for me in that league, the teams that are playing one-on-one, uh, one team gets knocked out of the division win. It's awesome. Uh, what, what kind of beer are you drinking tonight, Houdini? I had a smorgasbord. I went through my... Um, uh, my my uh, uh, fridge and I pick up the Chicago Ale Syndicate uh, company a, a, a nice chocolate quarter uh, also had a little hot thesis also had a uh, ballast point big eye so. did you say hot thesis hop 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 thesis do you love that beer <laughs> do you drink it a lot you drink it a I lot. do enjoy this beer I really do it it's, it's a you damn it a lot it's damn good and it's usually like eight ninety nine I'm like for that price for a beer that I like better than I actually this better than Stone, which they always charge me like ten ninety nine or eleven ninety nine. That's a Chicago beer as well, right? Yeah. Uh, no, this is a Wisconsin beer. Okay. I'm drinking tonight at Deschutes Fresh Squeezed IPA, one of my old school faves. I love it. The music tonight is the Laws, and we started out the opening track, and uh, we're not going to close it out yet. We got we got to do my rookie league, but the Laws. We open that up with timeless melody. The Laws are an old band, and you'll know this, you'll this know. outro song, but uh, an old uh, late 80s, early 90s Britpop band. Kind of, they, in my opinion, they were kind of the Britpop ver- REM. And they just, uh, it's two guys, two singer-songwriters, and you listen to some of the Laws music, and it is complex. And in the closing song, if you've ever seen um, So I Married an Axe Murderer, you'll know this song. <laughs> really? It's in there? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah it's like, it's and like, the, the closing song is There She Goes. Which it's is in like, a lot of like teeny bop movies from the 90s, too. It's, yeah. But uh, uh, in addition to that... But, but a great song, no matter what yeah. movies. And I love So You Married an Axe Murderer. So, a watermelon on a toothpick. He's going to go cry himself to head in this giant pill. <laughs> With his giant head. So personally, head paper. <laughs> Go ahead. Personally, talking about beer, I can't wait to drink my favorite beer all fucking weekend long. Spotted cow. Spotted cow. Say, 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 Val. Val Verde from New Glarus Brewing. Okay. And just slam those all weekend long. Maybe a couple Moonmans. We're gonna give Val- you Val Verde. You're a fucking secretary. Fuck you. Yeah, that's my message to you. Fuck you and kiss my ass. You ain't- <laughs> nice. Glengarry Glen Ross. Yes. Jack Levin in the Jack house. Jack Levin, one of the greats. All right. So we're going to close out. for you, us. buddy. Kiss yeah, me. have fun. Tell we'll them we'll more about that trip when we're, when we're done recording. Good times all around. Uh, basically, I'm going to do... Can I ask you a question, though? Yeah. 
What is that shirt? I RVC. dig it. I, I, yeah. like, I like the thumbs up coming out of the R. It's, it's a Canadian uh, surf company, RVCA. Good stuff. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm a big fan I, of the clothes. I, I, like, I like the shirt. And the shirt still fits. Um, <laughs> <laughs> has good stretching. I ability. actually have lost eight pounds. I'm happy to say. I'm on my way down. I'm doing a good job. The only thing I haven't done with my diet is cutting out. Well, there it is. Those empty calories. You're gonna keep flowing in. But no, I have not had a piece of bread. You said it. Can I week. play it? <laughs> yeah. This is a beautiful theater. What? Well, thank you. D- thank you, baby. You gonna help drunk each other? <laughs> we try that here. Show it around. I love you too. I love you back. I'm waiting for you know. It's, this is shut the fuck up, hey. <laughs> Richard, I love that guy. <laughs> All right. So uh, last league we're gonna try and do, and if you guys have something that comes into mind after it's not on our list uh, from the pre-show uh, and whatnot, is my rookie league. And this is something that we've done going back to about 95-ish, I think. And it's essentially, it's rookie as a must-play position. Let me interrupt. Yep. I love this league. I wish, if I have to add another league, this is the league I want to add. uh, I just love this league. And also, it's a rookie super flex league. Because you can play any position... Even Good like point. kickers, even Good. kickers, oh, right? Yeah. Kicker, yeah. Blair Walsh was a big guy in your league one oh, year for god. a UF, I'm not mistaken. Oh my god, kickers are huge. Kickers are are very, very, very. Kickers have gone in the second round. I think. I think. The so year, Robert Aguayo is I literally. Seabass. I think Seabass might have been a first rounder. It's great. So the reason, and, and when he was a rookie, explain back in the to day, the people probably. why these rookies are drafted in the first and second round. Because Cam Newton was a first round pick. That guy won the championship was, right. because of Cam Newton. So explain to the people wh- how this, what the whole reason why rookies would be drafted in the first or second round is all about. What I'll say, what I can say is this year, Ezekiel Elliott, a first rounder, regardless, it's like number one overall, number one overall pick. Um, I think. The rookie quarterbacks this year probably aren't as great as they have been. But last year, um, I know that a top five pick was both um, Mark, uh, Mariota, I think, was seven or six. And, uh, tell, them why. and James, tell them why these guys go so high. Because it, you have to play this rookie quarterback. And like I said, it's super flick. You, any position, you have to play it as a spot. You have to have a rookie spot. So if you wait on a rookie and you don't go early and get one of these studs, and we know how a rookie class is. It's hit or miss. You have got a gaping hole in your lineup. A gaping hole. And I've done it. I've gone years where I'm like, all right, I'm feeling like this guy. And, you know, it's the difference between having Randy Moss in 88 and having uh, that same year, having Dyson. Well, was, <laughs> I, remember, I remember Dog talking about this. And I think this is a bunch of years back. And he was bragging about how good his team was. I didn't jump on one of these rookies. I got Adrian Peterson yeah. and Arian Foster as my first two picks. Yeah. And then he didn't make the playoffs, right? Because it's like, what it is is it becomes, it's, it's like tears. So it's like when you see, if you have a guy as a rookie who is scoring you 15 points per week, and there are rookies who do this, versus a guy who's got a rookie scoring two points a week. 
How are you going to make up all those other points? Even if you have Adrian Peterson and Arian Foster, it, your, your differential that you're getting over everyone else because then you're also probably weighted on wide receivers, so you're not having one of the top ones there. The balance comes back to the norm, and what happens is that these rookies end up kind of tilting the balance in your league. Absolutely. Last year I won the championship in this league. I went third round. First pick of the third round on Amari Cooper. Had a good season. I thought he was going to do much better. But had a nice season throughout. But that wasn't a quarterback. That wasn't one. There were, there were rookies that had done better. But I got those points. I had those weeks. And there's just something about the dynamic and the change in a draft where Andrew Luck was the first pick overall. Peyton Manning first pick overall. Cam Newton first pick overall. You know, just the, the list that goes on and on. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Trent Richardson, second pick so overall. So let me ask this. How do you decide who gets first pick each year? Is, it, is do, it random? It's, a, it's random. We, do, we, we, go to pro, we go to football guys, and we do... Well, then we did it. We pick out of the hat. Yep. We, we pick out of the hat. Actually, we don't go to football guys. That's my other league. We pick out of a hat, and now the beautiful thing about having uh, videos is... They go to Myers Tavern, and it's usually about five of them. About always got it. Myers Tavern be, on Dundee Road. Not Dundee. Oh, no, that's, it's, uh, uh, that's Lake. Oh, Lake it's off of Lake Dundee. Street, just off of the expressway. Yeah. Uh, oldest damn bar in that area has not changed ever since I've been around. So I, you, I would, I didn't look like I had any hair on my balls when I was nineteen, <laughs> eighteen. I would go in there and, get, and they would package liquors. We'd walk in and be like. All right, I'll take six pack of that bud. I'll take this. They're like, what's up, Gus? I'm gonna lose their liquor license for him. Actually, that's grandfather clause. But they'd be like, okay, who's got an idea? Like, check it out. It's me in front of a California board. We're good, right? We're good. All right. Um, but yeah, they do. They 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 feed us in. They do a pick out of the hat, and it's a fun time. I go sometimes. I, I'll be up there with them. Dog will always be there. Uh, Tenny Stegman, one of our original partners, is always going to be there, and a bunch of other guys, the Corcorans who are in the league and whatnot. They'll pick it out of the hat, and it's just an exciting time. And so, the, 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 the rookie league is amazing because you'll go high on a rookie, and it'll be the greatest thing, or it's the killer's kiss. Let me ask Jamarcus you. Russell, think of that. Yeah, right. Don't you think the Jamarcus Russell year? Don't you think that guy was a top five, six pick? Oh, yeah. No, that guy just got stain on his face. Let me ask you a so question. It's hit or miss, and that's the beauty. I love this league because I think there's so many different aspects that you can turn on it. So, free agents, right? Pickups. So, uh, is there a, is there a fab or is it a waiver wire or? It's a regular. It's a it's a waiver wire. It's a it's a claims waiver wire system. But here's what happens when you're thinking about. Uh, two quarterback leagues and how we were talking earlier with Scott Fishbowl where you got people that are they can't trade in that league but you're 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 bundling up on quarterbacks just to do it. What people do in this league? Bundle, Bundle up on running uh, the rookies. rookies. And you're sitting there and there's another guy that's like if there's three rookies and you're sitting there like, alright, I got the two rookies. I went and I and you're sitting there and the other guy's like, my team's pretty sweet. I got some depth here. My rookie's a whole gonna be a whole season, blah blah blah. Start moving it. So there's a there's that rookie element where there are certain teams that within the first five or six rounds are taking three rookies. 
Also, have, have there ever been like, just like the most, like if you looked at it on face value said, you traded who for who? Yeah, Abs- absolutely. And it's, it, it's, it's one of those things where cor- when quarterbacks come out that are generational, and we know who that is. The mm-hmm. last one was Locke. Locke. Uh, but that year, the number two pick was RG3. And RG3 actually had a better year, I believe, that he year did. than Locke. Um, but the quarterback, when they come out and they're the, they're the man, that's it's ridiculous. I think this year is going to be a little different in that way. I think Ezekiel is probably the first pick. But it is a fun, fun thing where when you can ride it and – when I, I remember when Moran, who, Mawak, uh, we call him, his team name is Moran's Morons. When he took first overall Cam Newton, a lot of people were like, oh my God, how could you do it? And I played him in the championship game. And in that championship game, Cam Newton had, I think, 56 points. Who was your rookie? I don't remember. I just remember Cam Newton bulldozing and like, and 56 like, points. Like, it didn't in the matter what anybody else did. And all year, he was just dominating. But in the championship, he just threw it down. And at the end of it, it was just like Cam first overall. And I remember myself even thinking this like, Cam over. Ah, that's, that's a little much. That's tough. I didn't think it was a good pick. Boom. Goes back to what Stack says don't be a fucking pussy. Go for it. <laughs> don't be a pussy. And also, whenever you're like. In just fantasy, and I think we can close the show up. Whenever, and I know this is me, and I've just learned to just be like, whenever I look at a line, I'm like, this guy's playing that pick, or on a weekly basis, he's throwing up that play. Jarvis Landry's is number one this week. That's the, whenever I do that, I just jinx myself. Jarvis Landry had 12 (laughs) catches, he had a return, he got a touchdown run, and you're just like, why in the God's name did I jinx myself with that comment to myself, to nobody else? Oh. Literally, I'm looking at the screen and be like, Jarvis, I like what's going on this week. All I've done is the God of all the guys pulling, pulling the strings. Like, We've Jarvis, you are gonna shit on D-Rex this week, and D-Rex is gonna eat crow. It's 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 <laughs> the same thing. It's like it's whenever you get usually that consensus that everyone in your, especially when you have live draft. Or, or it's on the, on the board and, they, you know, on a, on a, and everyone's like yeah. posting on the message board. What are you thinking? Like last year, Charlie Don't Surf and my buddy Siegel, they share a team. In the second round, they took Keenan Allen. I'm like, like over wow. like over a bunch of like, you know, Julio and all, and all the top guys have gone, but it's like, I think Dez was still on the board. I think like some of these other guys, like they took Keenan Allen and we're like, are you out of your mind? And the first like three or four weeks of the season, it's like, uh, yeah, four and zero. What are yeah. you talking about? Yeah. Keon yeah. Allen is the exact reason. And then you know, unfortunately, he got hurt. But, but it's the foresight like that to say, I'm going to take the chance, and I'm not going to care what any all these everyone else is telling you. I don't care what D Rex is saying. Who do you care? Do what, you. No, no, care what we're saying. But always do you. No, do you. But do you because it's like I'm I, I'm a manager for salespeople, and I say. You're going to see how I do sales, and you're going to say, wow, he's successful in what he's doing and how he's doing it, but you can't do me. Don't Don't do me. I said, I go, take and understand my confidence, but do you. 
Please don't do me. And that, <laughs> that too. Uh, no entry. Thank you. That's that's the one thing we've said again. And I think we can close this party out. So I think it's been a great show. Sorry there's so much ambient sound around. We are trying to find a studio. We said this last week. But I'm now I'm moving to a new place. It's like literally in the vortex. It's like Sim City. There's trains all over the place. So those background sounds, I know people get annoyed by our sound quality in here. We're trying, we are going to step that up this hey. season. But right now, we, my part, my place is on the 12th floor, uh, and there's L's, there's all the stuff. So we apologize hey, for that. There is sound quality problems, but you know what? Deal with it because yeah. you got quality, quality. Yeah, there's not content. positives going there's not, on here, and there's not content quality. No problems. one's giving you content and quality like we are, and the quality of content that we are. Absolutely. So, guys, I love you. Stag party. You're the man. We're dropping down, and the last thing I'll say here is we're working on something awesome, and stag party and the archer this week really nailed it down. I helped a little bit. I gave some guidance, and we're excited to formulate it, but we have some super exciting new content that's going to be on. I had nothing to do with this, and I am blown away. It is sick. And and the Archer has not heard from you. Archer, I'm impressed, my man. I am goddamn impressed. You guys, I'm so excited for what this is going to be. Fans, just wait. It's awesome. It just really is. I think there's a lot of great people in the industry um, that are our contemporaries and people that we listen to and respect so much. And what I think they do great is is amazing, but a lot of some of their content is done by going by stats in the rearview mirror. And what we're doing with some of these new pieces of content that we'll be rolling out in the next month is really a lot of foreshadowing, projections, really putting ourselves out on the line and saying, hey, this is what is about to be happening this season, and these are models and, and that we are going to be tweaking the dials on continuously, and we are really excited about the next frontier of pyro content, and it's heady, it's, it's, it's ballsy, and it's, it, it's something that we can claim our own, and I think the industry-wide is going to look and be like, holy crap. These guys, these guys are doing something special here, and I'm just super fired up. Great work, work stags as usual. Um, just managing and, and running a lot of the stuff with uh, with Buck, our new guy, our new guy, uh, the Archer. Just, I'm just gonna tell you, 2016 season for Pyro and especially Pyro Pros is gonna be something special. So give it a shout. Buy our draft kit. Uh, version 5 will be coming out next week at some point. Uh, what do you got? Like, review, subscribe, rate, Twitter, everything. Everything. Yeah, Twitter. <laughs> Just, we're, we're not great at selling ourselves, but we're great at what we do. So, hey, would you rather us be great salesmen or great uh, penmans? Uh, exactly. We, we are the scribes. <laughs> we give you all the information. Take the knowledge. We are the droppers of knowledge. knowledge. On the way out, the laws. There she goes. Guys, we love you. It's been a great show. There's a lot of different league sets. Like I said, we're going to be putting out an article next week. Love you guys. Get ready for the carpool karaoke. Love you. <laughs>
And finally, my old lady called Jim Brown up. She said, Jim gonna come over and tell you, fuck Jim Brown. I'll show Jim Brown. I'm the man. I don't give a fuck. Uh, nobody afraid of Jim Brown here. And Jim was coming in the driveway. I got all nervous. Boom. Jingling. Where's it? Jim Brown. Oh, shit. Let me get this motherfucker. Ain't gonna scare me. Let me get my pipe. Pipe said, come on, Rich. Me and you will show Jim. Don't worry about it. Shit, Jim, don't scare nobody. That's right, Rich. Jim, come in the room. I start smoking. Hey, Jim. How you doing, bro? And Jim had psychology. Jim go, want to go roller skating? Jim said, what you gonna do? So what do you mean? What you gonna do about that shit? What? Um, I'm doing what I want to do. You know, I ain't afraid of you, you know. You ain't no movie star to me. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. I'm your friend. What you gonna do? You gonna get well or you gonna end our friendship? What you gonna do? The pipe said, don't listen. You're trying to fuck with you, Rich. Jim, I am a man. There ain't no doubt about that. But what you gonna do? And Jim kept saying that to me all through the hall. What you gonna do? Leave me the fuck alone. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm getting the fuck away from you so I don't have to hear what you gonna do. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. Now, leave me in the fuck alone. What you gonna do? <laughs> so Jim almost got me to the hospital, but he had to go somewhere, like to home to eat. And I was in the room with the pipe, and the pipe said, Hey, Rich, Jim's gone.